Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Yes, hello, and welcome to another episode of Affirmative Murder. I am Alvin Williams, joined once again by my partner in true crime, Francel Evans. What up? Uh, folks, I, I don't know. I can't tell you what happened last week. Uh, Fran, you left this home, mm. and I went down to, you know, get my producer on. I've been heralded by some as, like, the Timberland of, of podcast producing. Mm-hmm. I went to get my thing, you know, you know, get all set up and, you know, you know make this audio magic. And my vocals were missing from the track, hmm. so I don't I don't know what happened. But in a jiff, in a in a, in a hurry, mm-hmm. uh, Sierra was able to step in and we were able to put something out. Mm-hmm. But um, it didn't have that quite that same magic, you know. It was it was a great episode, but you know the people let us know Sierra's a great substitute. Mm-hmm. But we did notice uh, Fran Star is not here, and and, and um, correct that, amend yeah. that next time. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are back. Fran is back. Yeah. Um, we don't need to go over some of the topics that we discussed last week. Uh, you know, just to just to name a couple, there was um, there was there was talk of uh, Michael Jordan's father, how he really passed. Um, you met a baby who was drinking White Claw. Yeah. Um, uh, it's a good episode, man. I, I'm I'm kind of you know upset that you know people won't get to hear it. You they'll know, never. But. Yeah. You'll never know. It was amazing. (laughs) It was maybe the best pod we've ever done, and you'll never hear it. But we're going to move on from that um, because that's how life goes. Sometimes you don't get what you want. It's free. So, you know, (laughs) deal with that. Uh, Yes, um, this week has been nuts. got a couple of things I wanted to talk to you about. Um, First thing on top of the list Mm -hmm. is the Botham John case has started. It's gone to trial. Mm -hmm. Amber Geiger has taken the stand. Um, she's had some remarks. She's, 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 you know, cried and mm-hmm. all these things. Um, I feel no sympathy for Amber Geiger. She, she got up on that stand and she started crying and she said a lot of things. None of them were, I'm sorry to this man's family. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel so terrible about what I did to him. It was all, I'm going to not get to see my family. Uh, I have to live with this. Mm-hmm. Me, me, me. Yeah. I wish he had killed me instead of that I killed him. Mm-hmm. And it's like, first of all, how about you wish nobody had died? And yeah. You had gone to the apartment that you lived in and you hadn't, you know, there's all kind of speculation. Paying attention. Yeah. You know, I mean, I've worked 14 hour days. Mm-hmm. You know, that yeah. that I would I would argue with some that that's not uh, insane. It's not crazy. You know, it's not. You didn't work th- 20, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. you didn't work 24 hours yeah. or something, you know. 
Um, you know, 14 hours is a long day. I can mm-hmm. understand being a little groggy. Maybe you, you know, fall asleep at a red light. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, you fall asleep in your car. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, you get a little drowsy walking towards you know, your house, or you go home and you don't change out of your uniform. You just go right to bed. Those are all things I can understand. Going on the third floor instead of the fourth floor, mm-hmm. going into an apartment that isn't yours, and when if you've seen a video of Botham John's apartment, it's a one-bedroom apartment. So when you walk in, it's no hall. or anything. a motel or something. Yeah, you like walk in and mm-hmm. you're in the living room. Yeah. So I, I would imagine you come in, flip a switch, and you're like, oh, uh... That's not my furniture. Right. Or anything. I mean, 14 hours isn't enough time of a day for me to have sympathy that you are so delusionally tired mm-hmm. that you, one, when the case first happened, I haven't seen this be refuted yet, but there were people who were saying those apartments have like uh, safety slam doors. Mm-hmm. So she was saying the door, you know, was uh, ajar. Mm-hmm. So she was able to just get in. Walk in, yeah. I can't, you know, they haven't gotten into that yet. But no, I'm sorry. I don't feel sympathy for you. You know, you walked into an apartment that wasn't yours and you shot somebody. Mm-hmm. And you, I haven't heard you say, I'm sorry to his family. You went up there and you cried. And I think that that whole thing, because if she felt so guilty, like she says, and she and she has to live with this for the rest of her life, she should have just pled guilty. Yeah. And, and accepted, you know, the mercy of the court, gone up there and done whatever she did. Mm-hmm. You know, go up there and plead guilty with an explanation. Go up there and plead guilty and do the thing that you did when she did it this week and cry and all that stuff. And say this was an accident. I want to apologize to his family. And maybe the court says oh, it was a manslaughter. You know, fifteen years, and yeah. she'll serve half of it or whatever. But instead, she plead. She's pleading not guilty because she was afraid for her life, mm-hmm. which is what all you know. That's kind of the police. But she's not a police officer anymore. Mm-hmm. But that's the police. It's like a. That's like the get out of jail free card for police. If, if a police officer says, I was afraid for my life, mm-hmm. that justifies uh, them hitting you, shooting you, whatever. That's like the go-to statement. Right. You you were afraid for your life, so I had to do what I had to do to protect mm-hmm. myself. But she's not a police officer anymore. I can already kind of see that they're not, that, that wall isn't there. Mm-hmm. It's interesting to see. This is probably one of the first times, other than um, there was a case of this Asian police officer in like Kansas City who raped, like, 30 women on duty. Mm. Like, he would pull them over and feel them up and, Mm. you know, make them suck his dick Uh and all these crazy things. And he went to to court, like, not as a police officer anymore. Because he got fired. Okay. So you don't see the defense. It's not... You can see that it's not there. Oh, okay. You can see that she's just Amber Geiger. There's Mm -hmm. no sheriff saying, you know, we stand by what our officer did or... None of that. She's Mm -hmm. just a civilian now. So it's interesting to see... That that if that's her defense, it pl- it doesn't play as good. Yeah. When you're just a person saying, "I was afraid in his apartment mm-hmm. in the middle of the night when he was walking around his apartment that I had broken into, I was afraid he was going to hurt me." Yeah. It's me with the person with the gun. You know, it doesn't play. I don't think it would have played. It didn't play when she was a police officer the day that it happened mm-hmm. and the news got out. But now it really doesn't play. So I I feel no sympathy for her. Um, if she really is guilty and, you know, feels like she she's um, she's made statements about, you know, wanting to be dead and all these things. And it all just felt like, you know, feel sorry for me. No. And that's not what you should be feeling. You should be you should be feeling terrible sorrow for the person that you took from a family. He seemed like a really cool dude. Mm-hmm. He was talented. He could sing very well. He was a church going guy. Those are the things you should be saying, not about your family or how this has been so hard for you, yeah. or any of those kinds of like you murdered someone, and not in a 
a shootout mm-hmm. or something where you might feel those things anyway as a police officer. Like, oh, man, because I, I have to imagine, uh, you know, we you know, we talk, you know, sometimes we're a little critical of, you know, the criminal justice system and police officers and all these kind of things. But I have to imagine that anybody who puts on that badge and that uniform isn't getting up wanting to kill somebody that day. I have to imagine that takes a toll on anybody that does it taking a life Mm -hmm. you know so even if it's justified you know that you walked into a liquor store and the person was robbing it and you had to do your thing and you know kill them as a police officer and because they had a gun yeah i would imagine you take that home and you wear that for i don't know how long and that takes a toll on you and it's stressful it's a very stressful job you're you're basically wearing a target on yourself as a police officer like oh you're a bad guy well i'm the person who's trying to stop you so you have to kill me if you want to get away yeah so that's a very stressful job but when you go into somebody's home and kill them and it's completely not not he's innocent. He he is the most innocent you can be. Yeah. He was not committing he's any crime. He was in his home. It was the middle of the night. He he to say to say he was innocent was it almost makes it sound like it was a a mistaken identity or mm-hmm. he was at the wrong place or the wrong time. So I don't like any of those kind of that verbiage that's being used by her. She wishes he shot her instead of him and he was innocent. It's like, yeah, he was innocent. He was in his house. He didn't have a gun in his house. It wasn't a standoff. Yeah. You know, it wasn't you or him. He wasn't trying to kill you. So it doesn't matter if you wish he had a gun. It just, none of this stuff that you're saying matters. Because mm-hmm. he was just a dude at his house. So, you know, um, yeah, I, 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 I don't know what I think the proper punishment for her is. You know, if, if it was me, I would I would charge her with first degree murder. But I don't think she's on, on, on trial for that. I think they're going to they're trying to charge her with manslaughter or second degree murder. Hmm. But whatever whatever happens I'm 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 all for. You know, I mean, whatever it is, if it's 20 years, if it's if it's less than that, she needs to go sit down though. Yeah. You know, and never be allowed to be a police officer again. You know. And you know, in this world we live in, sometimes the public shaming is that's enough. On top of like if she goes and does, you know, gets you know, sentenced to 15 years serves nine of it, gets out, and she's Amber Geiger for the rest of her life. You know, when you look her up, that's what comes up. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's punishment enough. She'll have to live with that. You know, in my opinion, sometimes that's that's worse than anything. Because when the internet turns on you, they don't want you to have a job. Yeah. They don't want you to be able to go to the store. They don't want you to be able to do anything. That lady that screamed nigger in that uh, CVS yeah. this week, mm-hmm. they want, that that lady is done. Yeah, she's fired. Yeah, she's fired. Mm-hmm. She's she's not just fired. She needs to, if she, I think she, it's in Hollywood because yeah. she works in Hollywood. She needs to like move from LA. Yeah. You know, because she'll never get a job doing anything in that field again. No. Hollywood is the most liberal, progressive, uh, we are good people kind of, you know, self-aggrandizing uh, industry in the world. And her name is shit now in yeah. that industry. She needs to go uh, become a costume designer at a high school or something. And they might not even give her that job. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, she, okay. yeah, I, I, I have no sympathy for her. <laughs> if you act like that, you know, I'm a, I'm a kind of person who is um, a very much, I appreciate people who just are let you know who they are. Yeah. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? But you got to be able to take the, the consequences with that. Like, if it was me, I want any fucking, mecha- now, not to be like uh, stereotypical, but I want any mechanic, any fucking... You know, any kind of blue collar person who is racist towards people that look like me, mm-hmm. put a sign in front of your store. Get all the business from all the racist people, but let me know so I don't spend my, I don't want to put money in your pocket. Yeah. So I appreciate people that go, yeah, man, fuck you, coon. Mm-hmm. And I go, okay, cool. Well, I know where you stand. <laughs> <laughs> I know where you stand and I, and I won't, I won't spend my money here anymore. Right. You know, so I appreciate her for whatever that black lady or whoever in that store did to her. 
to get her acting out of character like yeah. that because what she wanted was for that person to hit her. Yeah. You know, when you when you see just this is this is a um this is a PSA to any person of color, any person to any kind of um stigmatized religious background, any LGBT people, when people act like that towards you, they want you to hit them. Mm. Because then it's your fault. Yeah. Because you can say words, 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 all you want, and whatever. And if nothing happens, then whatever. They just are a dick. But the minute you hit them, they can call the police on you. They can press charges on you. They can sue you. All yeah. these things. So any kind of outrageous level of, ass- of of verbal assault like that, it's because they want you to jump out of your character mm-hmm. and put your hands on them. So I'm not falling in that trap in 2019. You know, I can, you can get mad. You can say something back to them, you know, or whatever. But if anybody, if I walk into <laughs> Trader Joe's, which this would never happen. I don't even mean to bring Trader Joe's into such, a, <laughs> such outlandishness. But if I walk into Trader Joe's and just one, some lady just starts, nitter, 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 you're yeah. I, I'm going to say, ma'am, you know, I think that you are a really sad person. And I'll probably say it with a more, little more bass in my uh, voice. There might be some B words in there and some, and some fuck yous and yeah, whatnot. Uh, but she wants me to get in her face so she can fall on the, oh, oh, God. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and now it's a, now it's me. Mm-hmm. Now I'm the big scary black dude who assaulted a lady in Trader Joe's, mm-hmm. you know. And the headline is going to be argument turns into assault at Trader Joe's instead of uh, man pushed to his limits at Trader You know, now it's, it's about me attacking this woman. Yeah, that's me. Come on, man. Nah, man. I that's what she. I that's what they that. want. He or she. It doesn't have to be a woman, but he, they. That's what they want. Mm-hmm. What did DJ Khaled say? They, they don't want us to win. Don't let them. Come on, man. You got a kid on the way. You got one here. Don't <laughs> let you. Don't don't risk your job and, and your freedom over somebody acting a fool because that's what they want you to do. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> it's it's hard, Sometimes but that's that's what, what it is. For. That's that's the test. And I I pass all tests because <laughs> I'm not risking my freedom for nobody. Have you seen a documentary about jail? No. Oh, yeah, of course God. I have. Okay, well then you shouldn't be just speaking recklessly like that, man. You said that very confidently. <laughs> I don't want to even go to jail, let alone prison. I don't want to go to jail. I don't want anybody telling me when to go to the bathroom. Uh, I don't want to have to worry about fighting over my shoes. <laughs> yeah, any of that kind of eating shitty food. I don't want to do any of that. So I'm not going to risk my freedom because uh, somebody wants to uh, bait me uh, into acting a fool. Yeah. It ain't going to be me. Nah, nah, I can't do it. I can't do it, man. I can't do it. But moving on from that, uh, you know, I, like again, I hope the best for that case. I don't really know what the best is. You know, mm-hmm. somebody's dead, so yeah. there is no resolution. Whatever time she gets is not not gonna bring Botham John back. Right. But um, I'm just glad to see this wasn't a, a situation where uh, you know a poli- you know an Eric Garner situation or a, Fl- a Philando Castillo. I don't mm-hmm. know if that. I think the police officer that shot Philando Castillo did end up getting fired. I'm not 100 percent sure. And the and the police officer who who killed Eric Garner ended up getting fired like this year though mm-hmm. four or five years later after it happened. But I'm glad it wasn't a situation where For something go, else, huh? For something else, it was like a culmination. Uh-huh. And also people, you know, because the Eric Garner case just kind of wrapped up this year, mm-hmm. so it still was in the public eye. People are oh, shaming man. New York City. the The daughter of Eric Garner died, so then there was another daughter who. You know, the, there was a daughter of Eric Garner who was like, you know, his champion mm-hmm. and telling people, getting the word out there. She died under some kind of weird circumstances, like a heart attack or something. Dang. So his other daughter's like, my sister died, my yeah. father, you know, that was this year. There was this crazy, very powerful video of her in front of the court mm-hmm. after the, I think the guy, he got acquitted or something. I don't know what happened, but she's like, no, unacceptable. Mm-hmm. And then finally all that bad press led to firing him. But I'm glad this situation wasn't a story where this Amber Geiger 
got to just, you know, oh, it was an accident. There will be no trial. She's still a police officer. We're going to move her to, you know, Fort Worth or some other district of, mm-hmm. of, of Texas. And, you know, she gets fired later on down the line because she tased somebody inappropriate or something. Where it had to be something else to get her fired. Right. Get these kind of, you know, because there's this argument that it's just bad apples, mm-hmm. which I don't believe. I think the system is corrupt. And even if you're a good apple, it's going to it's going to be a system that makes you do bad apple things. Yeah. I think that's what the system of policing in this country has become. So the whole bad apple thing, I don't agree with. But if it is the case, this whole blue wall of silence thing needs to come down and you need to re- report the bad apples. Yeah. If you're a good police officer and you see a police officer, you guys got a guy down on the ground and he kicks him in the face even though he's handcuffed or, you know, you're out here tasing people for no reason or strong arming people or just using your badge to bully and intimidate, you should report that person. Yeah. Because they shouldn't have that ability to do that. Because mm-hmm. in this country, a badge and a gun is like, uh, you can you can say you know your rights and all that kind of shit. But if a dude with a badge and a gun knocks on your door right now, it's like, hey, I'm coming in. Yeah. And I want to see if you have drugs in here. You can go, uh... You can do one of those videos like YouTube, like, um, sir, um, I know my rights and nah. the fi- man, get the fuck out of the, put mush your face yeah. and whatever, you know, and you could probably, you know, uh, sue later, but that's mm-hmm. a whole thing. You gotta hire a lawyer and I'm, right in that mm-hmm. moment, you're going to get violated and it could turn into you getting murdered in your home. Yeah. Cause the, I smelled marijuana smoke and da 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 da. So I went to go check in the house and then he, he got a little scary and I fear for my life. So I'll bust it in. I didn't know if he had a weapon in the house. Mm-hmm. It could be that easy. That's, that's how much power. A police officer has. We well, got body cams too, so it's not that not that simple. Man, those you know how easy you know it's a button on the body cam. You can turn it off. You can just turn it off, and they go. Wow, it was a scuffle, and I've seen oh, so many of that. those videos where when the shit start getting crazy, boop, boom, the whole shit go black. And, and, you know, why do so, you have that? That's privacy why, reasons. <laughs> why do they have it? Because that was the caveat, probably of. Whatever, I think it was Barack Obama who, you know, got it passed to put body cams on cops. They were like, okay, but we got to be able to turn them off, too. Mm-hmm. You know, to have an off button on something is crazy. So he's the bathroom, stuff like that? I, I guess. guess. That was might have been the argument yeah. they used. I don't know. But anyway, before we jump into the good vibes, I do have to do my due diligence. And I don't know how true it is, but the Joker movies, new Joker movies coming out mm-hmm. with Joaquin Phoenix. And it looks really good. But apparently there have been um, rumblings or there have been fears of um, a movie theater shooting. At any point. Was like, it a threat or? No, just oh. I think the the imagery of a white man causing chaos and being happy about it drew parallels to when that guy shot at the Dark Knight movie theater huh. and just the kind of whole um, uh, domestic terrorism energy that's happening in the country right now. Mm-hmm. And there's a scene in the preview where all the people, there's like a bunch of white dudes like, oh, this dude's awesome. After he, like, beat somebody up, they're like, yeah. So I think the fear is that the Joker is going to be this this incel white man hero. It's like, yeah, maybe we should just go out and do do chaos. What happened to... And it all could just be bullshit. I don't know. What happened to just leaving fictional stuff in the fictional world? I don't know, know, man. Jesus Christ. I don't know. I can't can't (laughs) tell you, you know. I used to be... I used to be... I used to laugh. And, you know, when I was 15 to up until like, I don't know, 23, people go, there's rap music and these video games and these movies and it's making the kids do this. And I go, mm. 
I do all those things. Uh, I play Grand Theft Auto all the time. I've never wanted to hurt anybody. Right. I play Call of Duty, this, that, and the third. I listen to rap music. I listen to rock music. I listen to this. I've seen all the goriest movies. You're all just lying. It's something at home. Yeah. And now, sitting here in 2019, with this new generation of kids, and I'm not saying that there wasn't violence when I was you know, a teenager, and it might have had some parallels to movies or something like that. Mm -hmm. But these kids sit at home all day, and they play these video games, and they, uh, you know, are so desensitized. It's the word they were using 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. But I didn't believe it 20 years ago. But I think now it's kind of, it's caught up to itself. Yeah. Because now these kids really are desensitized. Mm -hmm. Where you'll just, they'll just say something like, you know, oh, man, I, you know, I'll, I'll kill him. Like, because it's just yeah in the, the game. Yeah. The game has made them, like, death is... It's just something easy to do. You yeah. just kill them and then they'll get out of your way. And I've already, we've spoken for generations, it feels like, uh, about the Xbox Live parties. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, these kids, on the, if, 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 you, if you were from another country and you got into an Xbox Live party from America, you would think uh, black people were just being hung from trees and, yeah. and, 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 and shot dead in the streets all, all day. Yeah. You know, not that it's not happening, but Xbox Live parties is like, nigger. Yeah, you kill somebody on Call of Duty, fucking nigga, I'll kill you and your family. It's yep. like, oh my god, wow. Um, <laughs> it's it's a game. Yeah, but yeah, no man, those games. I I I am an adult, and I'll play those games, and I won't put my headset in. I'm like, I don't need this. I don't need this toxicity in my life. Yeah, from a nine year old. Yeah, I don't need to be called. I don't need to be called a monkey from a nine year old. I yeah. don't need that in my life. So, but the fact that it's just, I don't know. It feels weird that they have to issue a a government uh, warning. Mm -hmm. For a movie, but I don't think it's crazy because movie theaters have been shot up in recent hit. Not just the guy that shot up the Dark Knight premiere. Yeah, there have been recent ones. Mm -hmm. So a movie that's like, hey, guys, isn't it fun to kill people? Which is kind of the Joker's thing. I don't know if it's like a, a it, it looks like a gritty, you know, dark movie that might inspire some. Because there's people there's weird people in the world, man. Yeah. Sometimes I'll ride by people and I'm like. Well, I'm a human, and that person's a human, but the look in that person's eye is just, I've never looked like that. Mm -hmm. Like, they don't give a fuck about, I've, I've, you'll just walk past people, maybe they're just having a bad day. But I've seen, I'll see people, like, at least once a day where I'm like, I really think you could, like, kill somebody. Yeah. Like, they just look like, I don't care about, I just have blank. no ties to anything, yep. I have nothing I care about, and I'm just floating through life. Yeah. And... And yeah, I will kill somebody. I'll wait till it come out on, t on some type of streaming. Isn't that sad? One, I don't Man. really like the 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 um the task of going to a movie theater is as lazy of, of an adult as I've become. Especially like midnight or something like that. Yeah, if, yeah. Don't go at night. Yeah. I'll go to a matinee if I go. But yeah. even just not even out of fear, I'm just like I don't really feel like going. Like I have Cody. I don't I feel have, like leaving the house. Yeah, I have an Amazon Fire Stick. Like I have a bunch of movies at my disposal. Yeah. And I grew up watching bootlegs. So I can watch the new movie and somebody stands up yeah, and, 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 walk, and goes into the bathroom. Popcorn and shit. That's how I grew up watching movies. Yeah. I saw many of the new movie on VHS and DVD mm -hmm. like that. So that is not, that poor quality does not bother me. It bothers, it bothers me now. I'm a little spoiled now. Yeah, so I go, you, I go you like the HD. how do you watch this? <laughs> but see, for me, if it's the movie that everybody's going to see and it's either I don't see even this version uh, and I can't go to the movies to see it and it'll get spoiled. Mm -hmm. I'll, 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 you know, I'll sacrifice. I can wait. I'm fine. So you tell me what spoiler, happens. That's fine. Yeah, you'll forget. So you're different, man. <laughs> I remember getting a Game of Thrones spoiler yeah. in season two uh -huh. about something that was happening way down the line from somebody that read the books. Mm -hmm. And I, when it happened in the in the in the show, mm -hmm. I remembered. Mm -hmm. I could see it 
when from because it happened like Good season enough. five, mm-hmm. but I could see it was going that way. I was like, oh, they're gonna do this, that, and it's gonna be that, and like that dude said well, at the bar. You can kind of predict some of that stuff now, but I wouldn't have had the prediction if somebody yeah. wouldn't have told me. Yeah, but I mean, you can still watch TV shows and predict. Sure, but absolutely. also, I'll ask you, you know, okay, what happens at the end? And you'd be like, you know, he dies. Okay, that's fine with me. I can, <laughs> I, then I know and I can watch because if it's some, if I don't like what happens, I won't watch it. Well, then, then you, what? You, know, you, are, you, heard, you heard me go off on Game of Thrones. I don't think you want to watch Game of Thrones anyway. You don't have to watch it. You don't have to watch. It. I don't recommend that show to anybody anymore. Wow. That's how bad it ended. Wow. And it was it was in the running for the best show ever. That's all you talked about. Yeah, it was in the running, Fran. I'm no joke. I know you don't like the long kind of episodic shit, nah. but it was in the running for the best show of all time. And the the season, the last season was so bad. I'll never watch the show again. Wow. I'll never go back to season one and rewatch the shit it? so that I can get to that season. Know. I already, I don't want to get because I can't, I can't go back to season one and just yeah. watch three seasons and go. All right, I'm done binging now. Yeah. You gotta, if you go to the beginning, you gotta go through and watch the whole thing. And I don't want to do that because I know where I'm gonna get to. Yeah, I've ne- even with the Office, I love the Office. I fade out. I'll, I'll start from season one, episode one. Yeah, I fade out around six. Is that when Michael leaves? That's the season after Michael leaves. Michael leaves in season five. Yeah, and I can sometimes for me. sometimes I can make it to season seven. <laughs> it's a couple funny episodes, but it is not as good of a show, no. and it should have stopped running. I see it's crazy to me because, and we're getting on. This might be a tangent episode. This might, be, this might be a tangent episode, but it's it's funny to me because a lot of people kind of got introduced to the Office late. Yeah, so they don't remember. I watched the Office when it was on TV, mm-hmm. so I remember the episode when Michael left. Yeah, and being like, well, you know. That was such a good ending, but the show is still going. And I remember the progression of every week being like, oh, this this isn't as good. Yeah. But then they did like four more seasons. Yeah. Because it was just the biggest show on television and they wanted to keep the ratings up. But you you mess up. Yeah. You just go out on top. Yeah. Go out on top. I always, I don't I don't talk to, I don't know anybody. <laughs> from Hollywood, but I always say to myself when I'm watching the show, it's cool to end at season four. Yeah, if it ended perfectly, end it. That's how uh, you haven't seen Prison Break, but that's how Prison Break is. It just kept going. It's a great show. The ending was that uh, Schofield dies, uh-huh. and then great show. Loved it. Yeah. Then he brought back two uh, two more seasons, and they sucked. He's still alive. No, oh, he man. was. So it was not. He wasn't dead. Yeah. He, oh, see, that's like, just dumb. Like, no. Yeah. No. no. That's that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Ruined that's, it. That's a bold Ruined reboot it. to reboot the show like. Nah, I get it. You want to make the money on yeah, time? Just but, leave it, man. Oh, I've ruined it. Nah, psych, psych. Nah, he wasn't dead. You know how you had all that emotional release and it felt good? Yeah. You thought the show ended great? Psych. Nah, nah, he in prison alive. in Pakistan or something like that. I was like, what? <laughs> all right, all right, all right. So we're gonna, what we're going to do is we're going to jump into these good vibes and uh, try to turn around this funk from uh, terrible television that we've been in for uh, the last two minutes. Yes, that's right, folks. Welcome to another segment of Good Vibes. We're here to put that light in your life. And uh, since Fran, you were unavailable. Well, we did a full, a whole last episode last week, yeah. but it didn't. People didn't um, get to hear it. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go ahead and just shut up and give it to you, so people can hear that silky Fran star magic that you seem to produce that everybody loves. I don't really understand the, mm-hmm. the magnetism, but it, it, it's, I'm giving it to you. It's okay. Me. My good vibe this week um, is about dozens of dozens dozens of troubled men and women are undergoing awe-inspiring transformations thanks to a team of former Crips and Blood gang leaders who are determined to put a stop to the violence in their communities. Oh, the people are being transformed? 
the the men and women. Oh yeah, so I, okay, yeah. okay, cool, okay, yeah. right, okay. I didn't because I'm like Crips and Bloods. They doing makeovers on people, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Please yeah. continue. Okay. So a tongue lucky, very odd name. Uh, is he is he Asian? I don't. I can't. Can you spell person. that? A T O N G. A tongue lucky. Lucky. L-U-C-K-Y. Okay. Yeah. So who used to be a leader of the Bloods in Dallas, Texas, is now one of the founders of the original Gangsters United, OGU, an initiative that recruits former gang members to be mentors and ambassadors for other young people trapped in the cycle of street violence. I like this. He was inspired to form the organization after he was released from prison following his own struggles with street violence. Yeah. He then began working with opposing gang leaders to form peace, and it worked. According to an interview with... Freethink OGU participants who have been incarcerated in the past are dramatically less likely to reoffend within the first year of their release. And once they have learned to become positive role models in their community, they became mentors to the program so they can pass on their experience to the next generation of youth. That's great. Yeah. I love that, man. See, that's the thing that, you know, that's why I kind of I kind of get upset because you see these people in 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 Washington DC speaking on a, pr- a problem they have no idea how to solve mm. and just condemning people. Mm. Nobody wants to sell crack. Nobody wants to um, kill people. These are the systemic issues that you have to go through to survive in some of these neighborhoods. Yeah, It's not just like, well, why don't you just go to school and get a 4.0 GPA and go to college? Why are you wasting your time being a gangbanger and selling drugs? Like, bitch... My lights are not on in my home, and I have two brothers and sisters, and my mother is not home. Mm-hmm. I need to provide. I need money now, you know? So I like the idea of people who have been through those things, learn the lessons, coming back. Because sometimes these kids, man, they don't want to talk to a square, you know? And, you know, I think I'm pretty cool, but I'm a fucking square. If I go down to, you know, West Baltimore, if I go down to North Avenue, I'm like, hey, y'all, I'm Alvin. What y'all need to do is get off this corner, right? And go get some jobs and be a positive influence in your communities, right, y'all? I'm not making it out of there. They're going to jump me. Yeah. That's just, I, you know what I mean? Well, you said that. I seen a post today that said, like, uh, sometimes I feel like I'm 20. Uh-huh. But then when I get around the 20-year-olds, you're I feel corny. Like I'm, I, feel like I'm th- I feel like I'm my age. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, they'll let you know real quick. Like, man, who is this corny motherfucker right here? You know? Get the, man, get your bitch ass out of here. It's wild, man. Yeah, so when it's another... You know, former gang member, whatever, come speak their language. Yeah. I know what you've been through. I've been there. We can, here's I, here's a job. You know, we'll take. Let me take you to a job fair. Mm-hmm. Let me let me show you. You know, I know that you make two hundred dollars in a day, but you know what's also cool making three hundred dollars in a week legally, and then not having to be concerned about the police coming and knocking right. on your door. Having two hundred dollars that day is great, but if you get arrested, you don't have any money. Comes with a whole bunch of other shit. Though. Exactly. So is yeah. it? You know. So. But hearing that from somebody that looks like you, mm-hmm. then some white dude on TV being like, hey, y'all, I'm the governor of this state. You know what you guys should do? Stop doing that and do this. I'm like, man, fuck him. You know, talk yeah. down to me and think you know my life. But somebody that actually knows your life talking to you, you listen. Yeah. So I think that's super dope. I, when you first, I was like, are these like blood uh, hairstylists? <laughs> I thought that you were saying like, because you said they're making over or changing the look. I was like, no. They like yeah. Let me let me teach you how to give a fade, blood, and then like you know. That's not a good. Vibe. We take you to beauty good. school, blood. That's what I. Imagine <laughs> I wouldn't do that. First. Good vibe, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Yeah, you know you're changing the image. You know it's like I'm former. I'm formerly a gang member. Now I'm a beautician. I mean, you could. 
You can do it, but I just, I just wouldn't your, do your it. Your cuticles looking hella unhealthy, cuz yeah. you need to get some uh, <laughs> get some vitamin B in your in your nutrients, cuz. <laughs> That's what I imagined, and that was a way better <laughs> that was a way better yeah. good vibes to me <laughs> than what I thought it was at first. Um, my good vibes is actually um kind of a local one. So um, it's a story about the first gas station in the United States to transition away from gas to exclusively offering EV charging stations. Hmm. So this came um from a Maryland gas station. Mm -hmm. And this gas station, and this is the first gas station in the United States that is completely transitioned away from offering petroleum to exclusively uh, electronic vehicle charging stations. And it's all because the owner got sick and tired of the contracts from the fossil fuel companies. Mm. So this was purely a business decision. They were like, I'd rather people come here and charge their Priuses than deal with these people charging me whatever they're charging me for for gas. Must be uh, pretty difficult then. Sounds like oh well, gas fluctuates, yeah. and if you're the person that's dealing in wholesale, oh, I'm sh- I'm sure that can be taxing. Or somebody just like, well, this week, um, I need ten thousand. This week, I need fifteen. This mm-hmm. week, I need I need twelve or whatever. I don't know. I could be that might be nothing. I don't know how much people pay if you own a gas station. How much yeah. you pay in gas? So instead of these gas gasoline, like, they just all plug electric. them in okay. all plug-in hmm. stations. Okay. Yeah. Uh. So uh, Depis Depisoir. If I'm saying his name wrong, I'm sorry. Depisoir Dolly has been running the RS Automotive gas station in Tacoma Park, Maryland for 22 years, Mm. although it has been around since 1958. Prior to making the transition, Dolly said that he had already been annoyed by the amount of of complicated rules, requirements, and stipulations of the contracts that he maintained with the oil and gas companies, such as limiting the use of multiple suppliers. So they wanted to have a monopoly. It's like if you buy if you buy gas from us, you don't buy gas from us. Yeah. Which is basically that's strong arming. Like that's that is um kind of close to like extortion where it's like you only do business with us. Yeah. That's you know, you can't go around uh you know uh price what you can't go around price matching and well that's a contract, so I'm sure Yeah, but but <laughs> but if you but if I have a contract with you for, you know, uh, I don't know. I don't. Know. I'm not gonna try to come up with an analogy. <laughs> the guy said it was annoying. Yeah, so. okay. I get that, <laughs> but I'm thinking that's how contracts work. Though. Well, don't, say, yeah, don't sign the contract. I don't know. <laughs> Look, man, he's doing something beautiful for the for the environment. I, let's not, you know, poke holes in his logic about how contracts work. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So he was annoyed about that. Um, it included clauses that extended the contracts when a certain volume of, of sales is not met. Oh, so that's, so that's locking shit. you into the contract yeah. if you don't sell all the gas that we gave you. What that? So that's a little extra shit. And limiting maintenance support. So, you know, they're like, oh, I don't know if the gas didn't come out. I don't know. We're not helping you. We're not and sending, been, I, and we're not sending the, IT people to He's doing this for 20 years? Mm-hmm. But he's been dealing with it for 20 years. Mm. And I'm sure it's gotten worse. His yeah, gas yeah. has gotten more expensive and more the technological advances. You know, when the pumps that, you know, automatically stop came in i don't i still don't know how that technology works i don't know maybe. if they know your car if maybe there's a something in your car in the pump in the tank that maybe goes it's like the air pressure or something uh, yes yeah, i don't that's what i'm saying and i don't know if like if you have a car from the 80s does it not do that like can a, are there still cars on the road now that can overflow if yeah. you go like let me put it you know you put it in flick, flick, flick it, a little, yeah. little thing down uh-huh. i'm gonna give me a slurpee whatever boom and you come back and there's gas all over the floor somebody let us know yeah somebody let us know if you drive like yeah. an 85 dodge dart or whatever the car is that if you have to, you got you got to be there. You yeah. can't just go go make me a sandwich in this Wawa, mm. you know, which is a, is a luxury I enjoy. I put my thing in my car. I go. I can you go leave. In. Yeah, oh, it no. stops. Oh no, I'm not doing that. Have you you never tested it? Your car not, probably does it. You drive a pretty. My car. car does it, but I'm saying I'm not leaving my I'm not leaving the pump in my car to go in the store to buy a sandwich. Why not? <laughs> Man, people are thieves. Man. <laughs> you think, you think 
think in the time it would take you to get a sandwich, somebody would pull up close to your car and then take the pump out of your car and put it in their car? Well, and well, the- yeah, it was the little, the little handy tanks. The little... <laughs> oh, fill up the, yeah. the, more, the mobile one. Yeah. Wow. Fuck that. <laughs> you come back, that shit say $100 on that? That's never been the reason I was, I've thought of somebody not wanting to leave no. their car. <laughs> Man, no, I'm not kicking out. going to steal gas on my dime? Okay, well, all right, let's... Oh, so, uh, <laughs> so, so, uh, when a local utility worker suggested that Do- that Dolly approached the Electric Vehicle Institute about implementing to EV chargers, he was finally convinced to make this transition after his 17-year-old daughter encouraged him to make the decision. I will say this again: I am, I, I, I want to have kids, yeah. but it is a tr- it is a real fear of mine the planet that we're leaving behind for these kids. Mm-hmm. So it makes me feel motivated and inspired when I see these these kids like Greta, Thun- Greta Thunberg and and these indigenous kids mm-hmm. getting on these national stages and saying, I'm 16 years old and I don't want my I don't want this planet. Yeah. We need to do something. We need to change we need to change the emissions. We need cuz the planet's dying. Yeah. And I need to I have to deal with this. Yeah. You know, and that's a 15-year-old kid. If I have a kid tomorrow, you're having a kid in December. Yeah. That kid is that's another 15 years beyond this point right now that they're going to be on this planet, you yeah. know? So I, it makes me happy to see this wave of kids fighting for what's theirs, you know? Because it's not... I don't like the, these 75-year-old politicians making policy decisions about, you know, the... the um, uh, the, the what, what, I can't think of the word. Uh, the ecosystem mm-hmm. and, and the environment. I, I was trying... I kept... I wanted to say economy for some reason. Yeah. But the environment, when they're going to be dead in 10 years. Yeah. And this 15-year-old kid is going to be on this planet for the next at least 60 years dealing with whatever it is. Oh, yeah, no, tear all the mountains down. There's fuel under there or whatever, man. Fucking more cars with, you know, gas and all this kind yeah. of stuff. Because they worry about right now. They worry about, about right now, the dollar, economy, yeah. money, boom, More make more cars, make more muscle cars. People love trucks with the big fucking smoke guzzling <laughs> thing that comes out of the back. Those cars make me sick. It really makes... That's like a big fuck you to like a hippie. Yeah. You know, that's almost like... It's like a... It's very... um. Fuck you! Uh, when you see a car and like, and they pull off from a red from a red light, like, yeah. and just like, a <laughs> fucking smoke. yeah, black smoke just covers the whole block. It's like, man, fuck you, planet. You know, like that's re- that's what that says yeah. to me. And I think it's beautiful that this guy, what really finally pushed him over the edge, is a seventeen year old being like, yeah, dad, like, yeah. I want to know the research that went into um, him making this. Because <laughs> the research was the main. The first research was my, my pockets. Yeah, because <laughs> these fucking gas. But I mean, are is it worth it? Is it worth the change? Well, the, that's the thing, man, pos- this plan is transitioning. I don't know about Tacoma Park, Maryland, but I know Maryland, um, so there's, there's, that might be closer to, you know, um, Maryland, Maryland has some of the richest counties in yeah. the country. Yeah. And, you know, not to make stigmas, but um, those Teslas aren't cheap. Some of them are cheap, but mm-hmm. it, you need to be able to buy the car. You can't, I don't think you can lease a Tesla. You gotta buy it. So even the thirty thousand dollar Tesla, you're on a long, long list of people, and you gotta go ahead and pull the trigger on that when you get it. Yeah. So it's, that's not a car you can just go get from CarMax. So I would imagine in the more wealthy areas is where you'll see more Teslas. Yeah. So if you live in an area that's more wealthy, and, that makes sense. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Like it, so, it's it's like uh, I think it's probably would do better in a in a city like San Francisco or something like that, like yeah. a, or Seattle, where they're not only on the side of, you know, dealing with climate situations, but mm-hmm. also are a more progressive uh, city in general. Yeah. Like, Seattle's very progressive as far as when it comes to the environment and stuff like that. I don't know. Maryland, so 
let me finish my story because there's actually a quote from Governor Larry, Larry Hogan. Okay. So uh, Larry Hogan heard about the story and he said, Maryland is proud to be a national leader when it comes to clean and renewable energy. Okay. Climate change and the promotion of electric infrastructure and vehicles. Uh, this is all a quote from him. He said, this fully converted gas to electric charging station is a prime example of our administration, our administration's commitment to the environment and transportation. So that's from Larry Hogan. I wasn't really aware of that. I didn't know Maryland was leading, and I don't know Amazing. how true that is. You know, I, I live like in I live in I live in Baltimore, so I don't know how you know how much. I've never seen an electric uh, charging station anywhere right. around here, and apparently this is the first one in the country. So that's great. Shout out to Larry Hogan for mm. you know hearing about this and being in Tacoma Park, Maryland, and this guy being pushed over the edge by his 17 year old daughter because she's gonna be a person who's gonna have to deal with whatever planet comes about in the next 60 years yeah they're gonna have to live on it so when i see these climate change marches and 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 these like i said this girl greta thunberg is really taking over the planet she's talking to these people these fucking politicians all around the world telling them you know like you need to do something yeah and i appreciate giving young people a voice because when i was growing up and that's probably still the case you don't know shit shut the fuck up Mm -hmm. you're a child stay in a child's place Mm -hmm. but these children are not going to be children forever so they need to speak now to prevent something from happening in the future, so you gotta listen to them, yeah, because they're gonna be the adults at some point. Don't we got so, like uh like ten years or something left? Man, that number keeps changing. I don't. It might be too late. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it might be too. Maybe all might all be for naught. But why not give it a try? Yeah, I I would not have. I have no opposition to driving an electric car if it's become if it becomes like mandate. Mm. If they say, look, man, everybody, here's a, here's a, a a grant or some kind of um. Here's twenty a credit. To Here's twenty five hundred yeah. credit dollar credit. Tr- to, we'll take your car, mm-hmm. uh, forgive your debt of the car, and give you twenty five hundred dollars to go get a, 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 a um whatever a, an electric car, a mm-hmm. hybrid car. I'm not opposed to that. You know, I don't, I'm not. I'm not that. I'm not that vain. Where yeah. it's like, oh, we're trying to save the planet. Well, I want to drive a Mustang. Yeah. You know, so. I'm not opposed to it, but it needs to be from leadership down. Yeah, that ain't happening. Yeah, it's not. Gonna, <laughs> it's not gonna. It will take so many industries out. Everything's business. That so ain't I, I know they have. I know the fossil fuel got deep pockets. Yeah. They just say, hey, uh, don't, 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 don't propose that in court. Don't, yeah. don't propose that in the Senate. We're, yeah. No. So I don't know, but I'm not opposed to it. Yeah. I, I drive a Prius. I do want a Tesla though. So. Oh, who doesn't? <laughs> they they've made it to where you can go. I'm saving the planet, but this car also is super dope. Yeah. So they kind of found a way to bridge the gap, you yeah. know. I, I would I would have gotten a Tesla over the over the new car that I got. You just can't go get a Tesla. Right. There's no Tesla dealership in Maryland. You have to like order the car. They have like a store. Still yeah, where you can go in and be like, uh, <laughs> it's like I want a mall. It. Yeah, like I want it blue <laughs> and this, that, and the third. Like, okay, well that'll be thirty thousand dollars today, yeah. and then we'll ship it to you in mm-hmm. a year. Mm-hmm. I got. I had to get a car, man. I, I don't. It's a great car, but it's really is. It's like the iPhone of cars. Like you, you not getting it the day you want it. Yeah. You got to be prepared to get it in six to eight months. Yeah, I don't like that. I need it now. I don't like. Oh, you can't test drive it. Yeah. What if I want to test? Oh, you can't even. No, you can't. You just got to look at the. Here's the picture of it on this iPad. It looks great, right? It'll come to your house, and then you can drive it when you own it. <laughs> So that's the that was my good vibes. Let's save the planet, y'all. Let's lower these carbon footprints. Let's recycle. Do whatever you can. I know we can't all just become living off the land and composting and all. I know it's a drastic change for a lot of people, but how about recycle? Do something small. You know, mm-hmm. how about just a small cut your lights off when you're not home. Just yeah. the small things. Do start with something little and let's just make an effort to make a difference in the world. That's that's all I ask. I'm not asking you to do anything crazy. A small thing. Don't have all the lights on in your house when you're not home. You know? Uh, don't drink bottled water. 
You know, mm-hmm. that's I don't think that's a tough ask. You know, they they make they make water filters. They make the filters that you can put on your sink. You get you a reusable bottle. No more water bottles. Yeah, water bottles take up so much space in these landfills. It's insane. So don't drink. Why well, you need to drink a fresh water bottle every fifteen minutes? Oh yeah. man, I'm gonna get a Deer Park. Oh, I'm thirsty again. Deer Park. Oh, I'm thirsty. Let me get. We well, use a victim park. of that. Huh? You was a victim of that, so. Oh, I was a major victim of that, but yeah. that was my that was my early days, man. I had a, I had a lot of things going on me, yeah. with me when I was a yeah, teenager, like a man. shit a shit ton of uh them little small Deer Park bottles. Yeah, I don't know. That was that was the worst invention. I don't know that that was that was genius marketing by Deer Park to go let's sell small water bottles because you'll drink them you'll drink them so fast and go have to go buy more. Yeah. But to us, it was like yeah, but I don't need a whole bottle of water. I need like a small. Let bottle. me just drink yeah. a half bottle of water. But I drank three of those yeah. in one sitting. <laughs> So I could have just drank a full bottle of water. Yeah, we don't do that anymore, man. You don't have to put me and my family on blast. That was my mom. I was a teenager. Yeah, we were buying a little half a little nugget bottles of water. Yeah. We don't do that anymore. We use reusable bottles and we save the planet yeah. in our own way. Uh, you don't got to put me on blast. <laughs> you know, having Rice Krispie Treat uh, packets and, and water bottles and shit all over it's my room. gross, man. I was a gross teenager. And we don't need to talk about that right now. I'm an adult now, and I I contribute. I don't think you even touch. I don't think you even look at Rice right? Krispie treats now. No, they're disgusting. <laughs> I was on a, I was on a, I was on a trip recently, like on a vacation, and I was when I had to go to the grocery store to get uh, some um some Drano because the toilet got clogged. Mm-hmm. Not putting any fingers in anybody, but the, the shit got clogged. Yeah, and I had to go get Drano, and I was like, <laughs> you know, you're in the self checkout line. And they had the, you know, they put the candies and shit uh, there. And I had there was a Rice Krispie there. I was like, old time's sake. Yeah, let me grab one of these. Man, I bit into that. My teeth started hurting. It's stuck to my because it's marshmallow, so it's getting stuck to my teeth. I was like, I would gorge yeah. myself on these. Man. I never liked Rice Krispie treats. They were too too sweet. My mom would go get the Sam's Club pack, oh, man. and I would eat like off rips. And open the yeah. box, I'm eating three. <laughs> you got sick, didn't you? Probably several <laughs> times. We're not gonna talk They're about those sweet. dark times. I, I can never eat. Incredibly them. sweet, man. But at the mm. time, you couldn't tell me that they weren't the best thing in the world. <laughs> now, old time's sake. Yeah, just for like, you know, sometimes you just want to, you ever just seen like a box of goobers or something, you know, from, you know, something that just a throwback, uh, you know, you see a, yeah, chico, like a lemon chico stick, yeah, lemon head, you see a Chico stick somewhere, you're like, oh man, <laughs> but in the, for nostalgia's sake, you know, let me go ahead and snap into one of these, a Slim Jim, you know, if you, if you go in somewhere oh right now, God. like you go to a party and they uh, go, it's a Slim Jim theme party, so we got a bunch of Slim Jims over there, you go, yeah. I gotta snap into one of these Slim Jims for old time's sake. You know, I, I just, I, I can't not snap into a Slim Jim. But then if you eat it, you're like, oh, this tastes like dog food. You know, so it's, it never is, is, is <laughs> this is a tangent episode. Uh, this has, it's never as good as you remember it. And the Rice Krispie Treats were that for me. Oh, I had to go, oh, wow, this, that's, this is nasty. Uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to take, we're going to take a quick break. I had a, uh, <laughs> I was reminded oh, <laughs> I was reminded of a wonderful song. Oh. Uh, uh, I started. I was humming it to myself. This has one of the smoothest bass lines of all time. Whoever was slapping the bass on this song went ham. I don't know what he got paid for, but I hope they paid him a whole million dollars because it's a fantastic song. So we're going to take a quick break. We're going to play She's a Bad Mama Jamma by Carl Carlson. And when we come back, we're going to talk about some fucked up shit. So stay tuned. Dimension. She's got a 
Alright, and we are back. Fran, before I throw it to you, because you didn't get to tell your story last week, yeah. I want to send a quick thank you to anybody who has sent us um, emails, audio files to the Affirmative Murder G uh, at Gmail account. The 100th episode is going to happen like I imagined it. Um, we've gotten a lot of submissions, mm -hmm. and keep them coming, please. I, you know, We appreciate them. We've gotten some kind words. I'll share, with you, share them with you, Fran, off mic, and we got a couple of audio submissions, and I think that's super dope, so please keep them coming at AffirmativeMurder at gmail.com. Just your favorite moment, just to say, just a shout-out, just you know, whatever, favorite favorite uh, story that we've told. Favorite's a weird word, but you know, whatever the one that stuck with you the, the hardest or yeah. whatever you know um let us know and, and we'll we can revisit it and, and and talk about it briefly and play your you know audio file or read your email or whatever the case may be but thank you to anybody who has sent one in because we've gotten a lot of them and i really appreciate mm, it okay. uh friend it is on you please take it away all right uh, so my friend of murder this week is uh, about lewis joiner lewis joiner lewis joiner yes so on the morning of Thursday, November 16th, police in Peachtree... Of, of what year? This was like 96. Okay. Yeah. Um, police in Peachtree City, Georgia, outside Atlanta, received a visit from a man named John Dunbar. Okay. Dunbar said his former girlfriend, Halima Jones, well, his girlfriend at the time, Halima Jones, had been out shopping the night before before, with Ruby Joyner. Ruby Joyner. Yep. Yeah. And the, the guy's name is Tom Joyner. No, that's a, that's, Lewis. A, that's a radio. Lewis. Uh, <laughs> Lewis. <laughs> Lewis Joyner and Ruby Joyner. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they're they're um, a married couple. Okay. And the woman had failed to return, um, and Dunbar began growing uh, pretty worried. His girlfriend, Halima. Yes. Okay. Yep. So as police began searching for the missing woman, they quickly discovered that Ruby's husband, Lewis Joyner, yep. was also nowhere to be found. Mm, mysterious. Yep. Then the next day, detectives received a call from Joyner that he was in New York City. I'm sorry? Yeah, that he was in New York City Uh huh. Um, and that he flown there earlier that day. When his wife was missing. Yep, his wife and her mm, friends. That's not suspicious at all. Yep. And his reasoning um, that he went to New York was because he needed a new driver's license because he lost his wallet. And that was an emergency. Yeah. That he had to get on so a plane go ASAP. immediately with my wife missing. I... How am I supposed to come into the police station if I don't have a driver's license to yeah. give y'all? Yeah. So I had to go get that taken care of in New York. Yep. In New York. Because that's, that's where he's from. Sure. <laughs> Still could have gotten Atlanta driver's license. Yeah. Or Georgia, wherever, you know, he could have gotten a driver's license. You live there now, you can get a Georgia license. Right. But no, I had to get one. I like to just rep my, I, you know, I, I know New Yorkers, you know what it is? New Yorkers have that hometown pride. He wanted his license to just still be a New York license mm -hmm. so he could still represent where he's from. But can you do that? Is that? No, I'm sure it's incredibly, yeah. uh, I don't know if it's illegal, but you shouldn't get pulled over by the police officer and you live in Georgia and it says you live in New yeah, York like and you, you have a whole house in Georgia yeah. and none of this stuff on here is true. You've been here for like 20 years. Yeah, it's like, no, nah, but I still like, I'm from, I'm from Queens. Yeah. So I like my license to say Queens. Well, that's, that's, you can't do that. <laughs> So his behavior did not equate to somebody whose loved one is missing. Um, he didn't want to come meet with the investigators or work with them to be an assistant to help them out. So that 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 rose some suspicious to them. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure a little bit. So the search for the woman became local headlines in the news. Police had no clue where to begin, let alone where to look. So for the next 48 hours, they started to search fields and lakes for the two women. Mm. Detectives taped the convos with Joyner. 
um, they had his permission, of course. And the last time he saw his wife was Wednesday morning, and she was on her way to work. That according, was, according to him. That's what he said, yeah. Mm. So the convo with Joyner failed to produce any leads. On the night, November 21st, I'm sorry, 1995, this is a 95. Okay. Yep. Six days after the woman was last seen, investigators got a break. Halima Jones' van was found in a remote parking lot at the airport. Mm. Yep. The airport, huh? Yeah. Yep. Mm, mm. And, and and where and where is uh uh jo- Tom? What's he's, his in, name? he's in New York. Lewis. He's in, Lewis. He's in New York. <laughs> right? Can't keep going, Tom. Man. <laughs> I don't want to wrap Tom Joyner up in the scandal. He, <laughs> this is not the Tom Joyner from the Tom Joyner Morning Show. It is, it's Lewis Joyner. Yeah, Lewis Joyner. And how did, he was in New York. How did he get to New York, friend? Plane. Mm, from from an airport, I would yep. assume, right? Yep. And where they find this van? In an airport park. Mm, in an airport parking lot. Mm, yep. <clears throat> mm, coincidence, yep. I'm sure. So inside the van, there was the bodies of Halima Jones and Ruby Joyner. Mm. The backseat of the van had been removed, and there was a blanket covering the two bodies. Wow. Halima suffered from a gunshot wound to the head, mm. and Ruby Joyner had been severely beaten and strangled. There were little bu- blood in the van, meaning that they were not killed at that place, um, but they was took there after the murders. Mm. Attention was back on Lewis Joyner and was a prime suspect. His behavior was so suspicious they put out a warrant for Lewis' arrest. Of course they did. Yep. As the hunt for Jordan started to begin, the search of the crime scene started as well. The crime scene was in an abandoned neighborhood, um, and when they got there, there was so much evidence all over the place. They found sweaters, they found shoes that belonged to either Halima or Ruby jo- Ruby Joyner. Um, but they said it was it was a it was a roadmap to a double murder. So with oh, all yeah. the evidence that they knew that you know both this their clothes here. are in the same spot. Yep, they got killed together. Yeah, so there was a, this abandoned neighborhood that was near the airport mm. um, that I guess people used to live there and just been abandoned since they put that airport there. People just moved out and just it's just an empty lot there. Yeah, man. It's yep. crazy when you're buying a house, stuff you got to really look out for. Yeah, we used that's to crazy. Rent, we used to rent a townhome in, in an a area in, in Baltimore County, mm-hmm. and I didn't know that it was no, next to a military base. I'm a child, so I didn't have any choice in the matter, yeah. but from my uh, like three years of my life, you could see, I could read the numbers on a military like the the building would shake a little bit when these yeah. planes fly over your building and you might not know that if you go in the summertime at the wrong time you go what a great neighborhood yeah. we're gonna put in an offer and then yeah. you move in and it's like oh yeah it's well, boom, yeah the, boom, the, the planes fly over you, your yeah. house when you live here what the fuck is that yep. so the the investigators had two problems that it was they didn't have Lewis mm-hmm. trying to look for him and then um the crime scene where yeah. they found the crime scene they just don't have Lewis now and it's no witnesses in the neighborhood because it's a abandoned neighborhood yeah right so no way um, your missing driver's license is more important than your missing wife. No, not a chance. Detectives questioned a friend of Joyner. His name is Jeff, Le- Jeff Lester. Mm. Lester told investigators he saw Joyner in Newark, New Jersey, but they did not discuss the missing women. Mm. Police doubted his story, and for two days they pressed Lester for more information. Lester finally told the detectives that while he was in New York, Newark, Joyner made a startling admission. Lester said that Joyner, he had killed Ruby in self-defense. Mm. Yep, that's what he said. That's what he said to Lester. Yep. And it occurred it, it occurred in the area near the airport and that Lester needed to clean up the crime scene for him. So he called his, he called his bro and was like, hey, man. Hey, Jeff, man. I need you to go to the crime scene where I murdered somebody yeah. and clean it for me, bro. Probably ain't talked to him in months. Bro. I need you. you, Hey, man, we bros, right? Whenever a phone, whenever you get a phone call like that, hang up the phone. Yeah, it's either they're asking you for money or they're asking you to clean up a crime scene. Yeah, 
neither of which I'm doing. <laughs> hey, man, we family, right? Hey, man, how long we known each other? Yeah. Uh, you have a nice day, sir. Yep. <laughs> know something coming. Negative answer. <laughs> so Lester said he tried to go to the crime scene at the at the Atlanta airport, but couldn't find it. So this man took a flight. Oh, so he tried to go. He took a flight. Hey, man, I got you, bro. Took the flight. Got the pine saw on deck, you know. Put that, I'm gonna put that in my in my uh, carry on bag. Yeah, and I'm gonna go ahead. I got. I'm gonna take care of this for you. Oh, couldn't find it. I can't believe he tried. He tried. Took a flight. Wow. Wow. Yep. Good friend. Like a last minute thing, you just good friend. Yeah, you know how much you know how much ticket, a plane ticket costs day off. <laughs> That's a good friend. Yep. Couldn't be me. Um, he also said that he had no idea where Joyner was. They found so at the crime scene, they found Joyner's eyeglasses with all the other you know stuff that was that was that was at the crime scene. So they could immediately connect him to the murder. Halima was killed first. The gun jams. Um, this is what they came up. This is their analysis of mm. what happened. Because um, they found the the spring of the gun at the crime scene, mm. and Ruby was trying to escape. So with no gun, he beats her and strangled her. Sounds pretty plausible. Yeah. Also, sounds like it has to be him. It's definitely him for one. Yeah. But her, Ruby being beaten like that, mm-hmm. it really couldn't be anybody else. Because when you beat somebody like. You know, when you beat somebody to death, mm-hmm. that takes hate. You have to really know that person. Yeah. You know, if it was if it was a if it was a person who didn't know her, maybe he would have choked her or something like that. Right. You know, but to really take the time and beat somebody to death mm-hmm. usually implies. Well, he beat not, and strangled her. So. Oh damn. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's bo- so yeah. So it usually implies mm-hmm. like most in most cases where that happens, it's usually you know the person. There's yeah. some kind of anger involved in that. Mm-hmm. So it was him. Yep. So now detectives have a case they can present to the prosecutors, but what they didn't have was Lewis Joyner. So two detectives flew to New York City to help in a search of Joyner. They worked with local authorities. They tracked Joyner through phone records, but he was always one step ahead of them. Mm. After two days of searching, the trail that they came up with the phone records uh, started to get cold, so they had no leads after that. So while trying to find new leads, detectives received a a call from the 32nd Precinct in Harlem. New York City um, housing authorities were on a vertical patrol of a high-rise apartment building. On top, on the rooftop of a twenty-one story, twenty-one stories up, mm. they came up on a man drinking rum and coke, chilling. Yep, chilling. When they started to question him, Lewis, he started to become very volatile and, phys- and physically aggressive, trying to fight back and yelling and trying to jump off the roof. Oh wow! And trying to throw the authorities off the roof. Oh, oh, he went hard like that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it's like you know, hey. Sir, you know what's, you can't drink up you can't here. Can't drink up here. Leave me alone. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> tried to throw somebody off a roof. I'll jump. Yep. So it took almost twenty people to take Lewis Joyner down. They said that's how strong he was. Twenty so, people. Twenty people. <laughs> it was only two of them, and they called you know eighteen other people. Yeah, offers like, or whatever. I'd like to see uh, the, the, the the his mugshot. Yeah. The I wonder how there. long that took because you're twenty one stories up. Yeah, they got to walk him down all them steps. Or, you know. But, I mean, them coming up to the rooftop. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, how long of a fight was that? I mean, They all can't Jesus. fit in the elevator. Right. 18 people. So, probably either a couple people took the elevator and ran up, or they or it was a walk-up. Yeah. And they all had to just run up steps. You know, you're getting tired around yeah. t- 10th flight. Unathletic fucking yeah, uh, police you know, officers. Yeah, you know, day, day cops. You know, you, you get to retire on 10th flight. Then you got to go up fucking 11 more. <laughs> right. You're you going to be really mad. But maybe he didn't get beat that bad, because by the time they get up there... They don't, you know, all, all they can gone. do is just lay on them. Yeah. Put the cuffs on them, you know. 
So they arrested him for trespassing um, and resisting arrest and possession of cocaine. So nothing to even do with any of this shit. And he flipped out like that if he would have just played it cool yep. and been like, oh, my bad. I'm sorry. I'm just getting away, having a little drink and looking at the city views. He might have could have just walked away yep. with a warning. Yep. But instead, he flipped out because he's that that can be used against him in court. Probably like they probably use it it's like this guy clearly is unstable. Yeah. Yep. So they arrested him. Yeah, so they arrested him for for trespassing and resisting arrest and possession of cocaine. Well, he had a little bit of the boudet on him, huh? Yep. Okay. But uh, New York thor- authorities didn't know he had a warrant out for his arrest. So that's why they was like, you know, why would this dude flip out like this? Yeah. From from like a misdemeanor. Yeah. <laughs> like we would have written you a citation, man. Yeah, right. Uh, but Jordan's New York, Jordan's uh, New York attorney called the station and they learned um, that who he was that they had behind bars. So Jordan said while he was in while he was in the cell, it was the best sleep that he had had in weeks. He welcomed it and was all over. He welcomed it as all the rest he was getting, and that it was all it was all over and no more running. Mm. He said that he was he was tired of running and it was very very you know exhausting. Yeah, it stressful was hard. too. Yeah. Looking over your shoulder, you yep. know. So Jordan had a successful life before things went south. Dude, you know, this, I mean, this guy was uh, a millionaire. Really? He was a millionaire. He had a truck movie business that was making $700,000 a year. Oh, wow. And then in three years, he started making $2.3 million. $2.3 million a year. A year? A year. That's gross, though. Yeah. He probably netting about one. At least one. Yeah. Maybe one is (laughs) a channel. 1.3. He might take home like 1.1 of that. A year? Yeah. Friend, I make $50,000 a year (laughs) in in a good year. A in, good, a good, in, in a good year. In a good year. Let me be let me be clear. clear. <laughs> in a good I really bust my ass this year. I made fifty K. Yeah, right. He made he was making seven hundred thousand dollars and then when it got in real good span, he was making two point three. Goddamn. Truck moving business. So you know they putting them all in these these black uh entrepreneur type of magazines and mm. him being a millionaire and whatnot. Oh he was he was black <laughs> he was black rich. Yeah. Oh, so we had the streets on lockdown. Yes. Because when you're black rich, the real, the we really galvanized behind you locally. Yeah. And this is in Georgia, right? This is in Georgia, yeah. Oh, man. And then Georgia's like Wakanda now. Yeah. So, oh, this is early before it was really like it was. He was yeah. one of the first on the ground level of, of black excellence in Georgia. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sure he was on fucking Jet Magazine yep. and All the, local, the p- local Peach or whatever yep. their local <laughs> Georgia magazine is. Yeah. The Black Peach Daily. Yep. Oh, man. So, um, yeah. So he was very successful. Uh, but... Before he did the truck moving business, he had all these other different jobs or whatever, whatever. And he was a teacher also, so he oh. was a teacher. He he um, married one of his students, had two kids. Then he okay. started teaching again, and then that's when he met Ruby, mm. yep. um, who was one of his students, and that's how he met. So so uh, so so he didn't even really know the husband. Oh no, Ruby. Ruby he, so wait, Ruby he married. He wife. married. He married another. He married somebody else? This is somebody else, yeah. Oh, that, this wow. Is, just, okay. Yeah, it was part so of his he background, some, yeah. Mm, he likes some young. He likes some young, yeah. Mm, yep. Okay. So, um, yeah, so Ruby was one of his students. That's how they met. Um, and they said that people looked up to Jordan, him being successful. Yeah. Black successful man, being you rich. You know he drove a Benz. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, you making that kind of money. It's like... In that's 90, like black, 95, 96? It's like Black Instinct. Like, <laughs> you need to get a Benz. Yeah. Like the square body Benz, too. Because <laughs> the ni- best, Which is the best season of Benz to me. So yeah. BMW and Benz made some of the prettiest cars in the 90s. 90s. Square ones. You got, they, got, they give you the neck. You buy the necklace with it. Oh, God. With the emblem? Yeah. <laughs> no, he was he was a little more... He was a little more business, He's, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah, he didn't have no fucking... Had a windbreak on. <laughs> 
had it had it open no, with the yeah. hair out with the yeah all the gold chains. You got the you got yeah. a Benz necklace. You ain't about to drive a Benz, but yeah. it just look cool. Going up to all them nineteen year old girls, open the trunk. Like, Why don't you go in there and get you a little can soda? Yeah. I got a cooler in there. Why don't you go get you a little can soda out of there? <laughs> right. Um. So yeah, Ruby. So Ruby created a. So she had. He had his own thing, his own hobbies he liked to do. Mm-hmm. And Ruby had her own hobbies. So she created a Peachtree City Social Club for African-American women. I like. Yep. And that's how she met Alima Jones. Mm, that's how they okay, met. Okay. And they became the best friends. And then she the introduced Halima to, to, yep. to, 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 not Tom, Lewis. Um, yeah, Lewis. Okay. So, you know, they came, they created the circle. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Ruby, Lewis met Halima and her husband. Mm-hmm. Mr. Dunbar, I can't remember his first name. Yeah. But then they became friends, went on double dates and whatnot. Right. Um, so Lewis and Halima shared an interest that Lewis and Ruby did not, mm. which was rec- which was recreational drug use. They was using cocaine. Mm, a little bit of the, a little yep. bit of the Snortsky, huh? Yeah. Cocaine. Okay. Um, and so Ruby, so Ruby didn't like Ruby did it, but she did it on occasion. Mm, but so Lewis, she, Lewis, but Lewis, and like, Halima, I'm gayed up. Yeah, Hal- okay. Lewis, Halima was it was their thing. Slopes for days. Yep. Okay. <laughs> got it. Got it. Got it. Um. So Lewis sold his million dollar business. He became rich. Damn. He was black. Like, I, I just rich. Do, he was already rich. Yeah. And it's like I just want to do coke all day yeah. and live like every day's a vacation. Yeah. Sold his business. I mean, I gotta respect it. This is pre fentanyl. You know, you can yeah. just do coke. You know, you don't gotta fear. They're being fitting on coke. Not, I'm not. I'm not saying people should do coke, but right. if you've earned, you make it two million dollars a year, mm-hmm. and if that's how you want to live, I'm I'm a libertarian at heart. So I'm mm-hmm. like, if you want to quit your job and and uh, you got eight million dollars in the bank and you want to do coke all day, that's your business, man. Right. That's not, I have nothing to do with me. Right. But what's up with this cocaine being this this drug that like rich people? It's a man. I can't explain. I <laughs> My mom listens to this podcast. Uh, I hear, I hear it's a, it's a great party drug. You know, mm-hmm. you know, um, they come, you come through with you know a little, little eight ball of that coke. Eight o'clock, y'all party in the five in the morning. Easy. That's crazy. You know, lined up. But why? I mean, the like blow. that's where's like the, where's that's the like fucking the, blow at? That's like the the go to drug though. Is like you hear these rich people that go. That's a, it's okay. a great it's a great party drug because what what's the purpose of a party to stay up and yeah. party all night long. That's what cocaine does. <laughs> it keeps you up. You can drink, do coke, stay up. You won't fall asleep. You know, you get yeah. horny on it apparently, and you just fucking fuck and dance and party all night long. And then you get a deviated septum, and then, you're, <laughs> and then you get random nosebleeds because that's how much this dude's level of coke intake was probably insane. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like he said that, like it, you know, it kind of it wasn't good for his family, but like. For him, he was for him, personal for him, it was he was having fun. <laughs> He's having fun, but it tore my family, family apart. But yeah. me, I was having. A yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's fucking. Yeah, crazy so he became rich, no job, all this money, and that. Don't disrespect him like that. Retired. This is what he said. Oh, he he said <laughs> okay, no job. No he job. said I was rich. No, no I had job. no job, <laughs> and it just it created a whole a uh, whole new lifestyle for him. Yeah. So Joiner, um, new lifestyle sparked a change with Halima Jones. They started dating, so they started to. Mm, she I guess it, side. I guess it it came from you know, I got some lines. You trying to yeah. come over? Mm-hmm. Boom! Hit the lines. The Pisces. Ruby doesn't like. And to, then, Ruby doesn't like to get gayed up yeah. like you do, Halima. Yeah. And then that one night, y'all just, I'm gonna yeah. stay over for a little bit longer. Then you know things happen for me. Mm. But uh, so, so Ruby started becoming suspicious about the two. Halima helped disguise of them dating, so he was like, you know, we're not dating. Hey, look, mm, she I need played you. her role. Yeah. Hey, look, I need you to call Ruby and let her know that, you know, 
this ain't going on so we can shut man, it down. Damn, wow. At least he didn't get out, he get caught out there like Tiger because Tiger Woods was out there looking like a sucker, man. Yeah, yeah. He was on the voicemail like, oh, hey, um, it's me, Tiger. Uh, <laughs> i never get that. Why are you saying <laughs> Said his name and everything. <laughs> Everybody knows it was him anyway because his voice. <laughs> and your name is Tiger. Like, hey, it's me, Tiger. Uh, I need you to call uh, Elon and say uh, that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Why would you say your name on voicemail? Oh God! So, but Halima played a role. Yeah, she played a uh, role. Um, respect, I guess. Uh, yeah. So, just to help disguise of them dating. So, Ruby threatened if she find out they were dating, she would cut his balls off. Oh wow! Yep, that's what she told him. So she had her suspicions, but she couldn't catch him. But she let him know. Yeah. If I find out that you yeah. are fucking her, I'm gonna cut your balls off. Yep. Wow. Um, but this is according to him. This is according to him. Okay. Yeah, but. You know, they continue. You know, that didn't that didn't scare yeah. them none. Well, who else is he going to do nose candy? <laughs> You're right. So the relationship hit new heights between those two. They started doing cocaine every day. Mm. Halima texts Lewis for more cocaine while her and Ruby were out shopping. Joyner met Halima at the van while Ruby was uh, in the bathroom. Now, I think Ruby knew that he was coming because, you know, it was their thing. Yeah. And I think he knew. So mid-shopping spree... These are addicts. This is a yeah. rich addict. Yeah. So Mitch Shopman Spree, she's like, girl, Ruby, uh, call call Lewis. I need, I'm itching. Yeah. I need a little bit of, I need a little bump. Yeah. And Ruby will go, girl, I mean, we was going to Neiman Marcus, but right. I mean, all right, I'll call him. And then he come, he came to the mall. Yep. Came to the mall, met them in the parking lot. Uh, so while she was in the bathroom. Maybe he did have on a sweatsuit in his taco mall. Because <laughs> this, that's gross. He, I, I tried to give him credit. You know, maybe he had on the he business, business suit. No he, yeah, he ain't business no more. Yeah. Once he sold the business, he got a whole bunch yeah. of sweatsuits. <laughs> Looking like Sinbad. Right. So they started, so while they was in the van, they started to kissing and making up. While so, she was, she went to she the, went bathroom. the bathroom. Yep. Wow. So Ruby, yeah, Ruby returns to the van and catch them in mid-act, but he's not sure if she saw what they were doing. Right. Wow. This is his story now. Right, right, right. This, this, is, this is all according to him. This, yep. The victims aren't here to tell their side, but according to him, he tried to get in one with, with uh, Halima yeah. while Ruby ran to the bathroom yeah. really quick. Yep, and she came out, but he's not sure that he saw what they mm. were doing. And she didn't come in, and he's saying she didn't come in and play it. She didn't she come in hot. Cool. Yeah, right, exactly. Okay. So they leave the mall, and Ruby takes over driving while um, Halima and, while Halima and um, Lewis start doing cocaine. So then they, they leave, Ruby takes over driving, and then they drive to a des, uh, deserted neighborhood, which is the neighborhood that I explained to you earlier about you know, where this, this murder that's about to happen occurs. Okay. So she stops the van. There's a gun in the, there's a gun. There's so in his story, the, Ruby's driving. Yeah, so, yeah, she's oh, driving. they're coked out. Yep. So she stops the van, points the gun at Halima, and she's saying, you cheating bitch. Points the gun at her. She shoots Halima. Oh wow! So from his story, it all happened in the van. Ruby shots shoots Halima. Right, kills her. Yep. Joyner runs from the van, runs into the forest. Okay. He heard Ruby shooting at him. Mm-hmm. He trips and falls. Mm-hmm. They started fighting. Somehow his hands ended so he up. Came back. He ran back at her after he ran away from her. No, he he falls. Okay. She's chasing him. He falls. Oh, so they she caught up fight. to him. Yeah. So they start the mm-hmm. fight. Okay. So somehow his hands ended up in her mouth. Okay. And like she was biting his hands, and then he was saying that he had to get his hands, his his fingers free, so he can get away. Mm-hmm. So he get his hands free. He runs back to the van. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. So he gets so back he to the van. To flee. He didn't want to hurt Ruby. Right. He just wanted to keep. He just wanted to get away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gets back to the van. Mm-hmm. He see Halima is dead. Uh-huh. He was waiting for Ruby to return to chase him back, mm-hmm. follow him back to the van, and then he goes. You know, I don't know. 
she's not chasing me. I'm gonna go check see what she's doing. Mm. He goes back looking. But he's for in her. the van. He, I guess he's outside the van. I guess. Mm. So he could have gotten the van and left. He got yeah. Mm. So he says, you know, um, she's not following me. Let me go check on her. Mm. He go check some Ruby. The woman with the gun. Yeah, go check some Ruby. And then he gets there and she's dead. This is his story. <laughs> I didn't expect it to end yeah. that way. This is so his he story. didn't take. He's not taking responsibility for anything. No, he didn't even do the old reliable. Well, I was just in such a rage because I yeah. really loved Halima that I, I I went into a rage and I killed Ruby in self defense. Yeah, he just said she Ruby shot Halima and then she just was. Yeah, she just. I ran. Yeah, she just died. Somehow. I ran. We started fighting. I got away. I run back to the van. Check on Halima. She's dead. I go check back on Ruby and she's dead, dead too. So, wow. Yep. Wow. What a piece of shit. You know, you're going to take responsibility for nothing. No. So, detectives shoot that story down immediately. Sure. Um, detectives said that he's never seen anybody beaten as bad as Ruby was. Yeah. Yep. So, so they so they don't have a murder weapon or why he killed the woman. Uh-huh. On August 19th, 19, August 19th, 19th, 1996, mm, trial began. Yep. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> it will be <laughs> it will be hard to convince the jury that they don't have, um, if they don't have a weapon yeah. or a motive. Mm-hmm. So you so, got to lock the motive down. Yep. So prosecutors there, there was, um, they were saying that Joyner, what their story was, that Joyner went to shoot his wife, Ruby. Uh-huh. Missed. Shot and Ruby accidentally hit Halima mm. instead of Ruby. Ruby then runs away. The gun jams, so he can't shoot her. So he chased after her, and then he finishes the job. And by. he's angry because he just shot his coke, his yeah. coke friend. Yep. And he—that's who he wants to be with. Yeah. So yep. he, so he, he didn't have a gun, so he beat and strangled her. Yeah. And he shot her, so I knew he probably, he shot her in the head, so he probably like, damn. I mean, yeah. And he immediately, she, yeah. So yeah. I gotta, I gotta clean this up. I gotta clean this up. Yeah. Wow. So he chases her, finishes the job. He I'll beats her what, and strangles. That could not. That could not be it. Yeah. Sounds a bajillion times better than that bullshit he's right. Yeah. She just. I mean. She just, her, she just died. Right? Yeah, <laughs> she just was just uh, dead. Yeah, so they they passed the photos around showing how how badly beaten Miss um, mm. Joyner was. It's a and taste, that, tasteless tactic, but I get it. Yeah, people in the um in the jury, the jury yeah, sure. fainted. Oh, people started crying. Jesus. Lewis started crying openly in court. Um, so the trial lasted for six days, August twenty eighth, nineteen ninety six. The jury took them four hours to decide. To to decide the verdict of Lewis Joyner. Mm-hmm. He was found guilty for Ruby, but was not guilty of the murder of Halima Jones. Oh, wow. Yeah. So they put that on Ruby? Yep. So basically, Ruby was charged with the murder of Halima Jones. Come on, man. I mean, that's... That's, that's fucked that's, up, man. Yeah, you can't super even... That's man. That, that girl's family had to sit in the court, and their justice that they came looking for was taken away because... Your daughter is now painted out to be a murderer as well. Yeah, but why couldn't they? Why was the only option was for them to put it on Halima Jones? Well, because I it's, mean, um, it's not what you. Well, well, it's not what you know. It's what you can prove. And the three of them were there, and only he can tell the story. So one of them did it, and I don't know why they chose to. I guess it made more. I don't know what. I don't even. I guess it made more sense to them to say maybe Ruby shot Halima and then he killed her. Maybe that was the better, you know, uh, one they ended up going with. I don't know why you... Because how does Ruby get in... How is she the murderer? That's like... I mean, like, she's essentially the murderer murderer and a victim. Yeah, because now what they're positing is Ruby had the gun. 
Ruby was driving, this was Ruby's murder attempt and it went south. Yeah. That's 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 what it sounds like. If they're saying she murdered Halima, then it sounds like they're saying Not saying that doesn't make any sense. I'm not saying it doesn't make any sense but either. The part he said, the end part was like, that doesn't even But his story was so bullshit they should have just went, We're gonna try to pit both of these on you. Yeah, and if they right. and if they go and if the jury finds you not guilty for one, but mm-hmm. guilty for the other one, we'll take it. But your story was so bullshit, we want to put birth both of these on you. Yeah. It's not like they found found him not guilty of killing Halima. Mm-hmm. They found, according to you, they found Ruby guilty of killing So it's not like right. he didn't just not get convicted for killing Halima. They sa- they're saying, well, th- we convicted somebody, but it wasn't him. It was Ruby. Right. So they convicted somebody, but it was Ruby. So it's not. I'd rather them go. Well, we couldn't prove that he killed Ru- killed Halima, so we couldn't give him a guilty verdict on Halima. So he's not guilty of that, and we don't know how she died. As opposed to that's no, what I mean. We figured it out. That's it what was, I mean, though. Yeah, so confidently, and they're not here to tell their story. It's crazy. But that's what I'm saying. The only ob- the only other option was we have to put it on on him. Oh, on, on, on Ruby. Ruby. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. So it's like, I don't, yeah. well, that's how they got to it. I don't know. Yeah. Right. So I mean, that was fucked up. Um. So he was sentenced to life in prison, and I got this story from a YouTube channel, RDTV, that has a whole bunch of um, um, crime documentaries on there about serial killers. And I saw this one. I thought it was, it was crazy because I didn't expect it to, to end the way it did. Yeah. Or to hear some bullshit ass story that him sure. trip and fall like a fucking super bullshit, a shitty horror movie or yeah. whatever. But. Yeah, that was the story of Lewis uh, Lewis Joyner. Yep. Well, again, no disrespect to Tom Joyner. I did not mean to implicate you in a double murder. <laughs> Lewis, Lewis Joyner yeah. is a piece of shit and a liar and a terrible person who must have some kind of mental or mental issues. Not saying that money should make people not uh, susceptible to doing crimes, mm-hmm. But it seemed like he was living, you know. Well, he was, was coke up. Yeah, I was <laughs> still coke every day. myself out of it immediately. Where I'm like, oh, what did he do after he retired? Oh, he did coke all day. Yeah, well, yeah, no, never mind. That might have had something to do with it as well. Yeah. I mean, you you fried your brain cells doing coke all day, so fuck you. Um, yeah, wow. What we're gonna do is we're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, it's my turn to tell you some fucked up shit. So stick around. All right, and we are back. Fran, please prepare yourself for my affirmative murder this week. I'm doing a white man named Joseph Callinger. So uh, Joseph Callinger was born Joseph Lee Brenner III. And as a as a fellow the third myself, uh, I don't have many similarities with Joseph Callinger, but I do understand the pain of trying to find a cool way of writing those damn three lines at the end of your name. Mm-hmm. There's no cool way of doing it. If you're the fourth, you get to do like, a one and a V. Yeah. If you're the second, you can do like cute, cool little two lines in the line over mm-hmm. it. If you're the first, you can do just like the one line with the line over it. The third is just like three stupid lines and you can try to do like a line over yeah. top of one and it looks like a little jail. And that's what you do? No, I just, I did at a point. At a young age, I did. I don't know. I was just trying to put some flair on it. Uh, now I just do just three like strike marks. Like okay. At the end, I start, make my little signature and I just do three lines. Okay. Which is, I, you know, kind of, there aren't many who options. Puts, who puts the one? The one line? Yeah. The first? I mean, I, it's kind of arrogant. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess the first wouldn't do it, but I, I mean, you can if you're arrogant. You're like, I'm the first. Someday I will bear a child and he will be my namesake. So I am the first. <laughs> I well, I guess if you have a child and you name him, 
the, your name, oh, you are now okay, the first. After, okay, That's yeah, when you become you. the first. Okay. Once you I mean, have like, a child, you can't be a first until there's a second. <laughs> I'm like, who's yeah, the first? If you're just the only, you're just a dude that's 17 with no kids, like, I'm Marcus Johnson the first. It's like, uh, okay. You're a douche. Yeah. Like, why is there, is your name, last name Johnsini? No, um, it's the first. I'm the first. Um, okay. Do you have a, do you have a child at 17? No, no, no. I'm just the first. Right. All right. Whatever. Uh, so, uh, so Joseph was born in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania in December of 1937. He was placed in a foster home after his father abandoned his mother. And then she was like, well, I can't raise a child by myself. Cause yeah. who does that? And left him. Uh... And took him to an orphanage and was like, well, I can't. Damn. Be uh, what is there even a name for this? I'm, I guess I'm single, a single mother. That's that's not a thing. Yeah, you can't do that. So here, take my baby. Bye. <laughs> uh, um. So on October fifteenth, nineteen thirty nine, he was adopted by Stephen and Anna Callinger. As an adopted child, he grew up under constant abuse from his parents. Mm. He was abused by both his foster parents so severely that at age six he suffered a hernia. Mm. Inflicted by his fa- by his foster father at six years old. At six years old, I don't even know how you what you do to a child because a hernia is basically like the ripping of your abdomen, mm-hmm. and then you like your organs pop out of what they usually do. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they could have been doing to a six year old to make that happen. That's, crazy. That's nuts, though. So he had a, a hernia at six years old. Uh, the punishment. The punishments the, Callen- the punishments that Joseph Callinger endured included kneeling on jagged rocks, mm. being locked inside closets, consuming excrement, self-harm because of all these terrible things that was happening to him. I'm sure, yeah. you, you know, just fucking who knows what he's going through in him, his psyche. Uh, being burned with irons, being whipped with belts, and being starved. When he was nine, he was sexually assaulted by a group of neighborhood boys. Wow. Which is nuts. I mean, yeah. what group of boys is that? Y'all got that on y'all mind? Forties or something? Yeah, I guess so. But shit, mm. y'all just going around picking kids to fuck? Yeah, that's nuts. That's gross. We played baseball. Well, uh, I guess it wasn't much to do. I don't know. I'm not saying no. <laughs> I'm not saying. <laughs> There's always something to do other than sexually assault people. <laughs> yeah, you can always, you can always find something else to do. That's not that's not a good excuse for you. That's what they said. Like I don't know, we were bored. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. All right. Anyway, when Callinger was fifteen, he began a sexual relationship with a schoolmate named Hilda Berm- Bergman. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a female. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, his parents told him not to see her, but he married her anyway. Yep. Became a shoemaker and had two children with her. Hmm. It is no surprise that when he became a father, he too was abusive. Yeah. Hurt people. Hurt people. Man. Yep. Uh, he was extremely abusive towards his wife and his children and often inflicted the same punishments on them that he had suffered from his foster parents. Mm. She later left him because of the domestic violence she suffered at his hands. Mm -hmm. Callinger remarried in 1958 after he was released from a mental hospital and had five children with his second wife. So, now when you hear stories like this and it goes, they're married and then this shit just started coming out of nowhere. It's like... How didn't you see that at all from the time you guys the got second together? wife or the the, the first one? Well, I don't know, married. man. That's the thing, man. That's like crazy. If you if you I I've never been in a domestically violent relationship, so I have to base I base a lot of it off of enough. 
And I don't know how okay. accurate that is, but in enough, Jennifer Lopez was head over heels over that dude at first. Mm. It wasn't until he locked her in, put a baby in her, put a ring on it, and now she's kind of, he pays all the bills and he doesn't, she doesn't have anywhere to go. He's kind of trapped her. Yeah. That's when the... That's when the size starts. She's like, "Shut up, stupid!" He's like, "What? Don't tell me to shut up, out!" And he's like, "It's like a flip switch." Yeah. But he, but he put his best fate, he put his best best self forward to land her. Mm-hmm. And then once he locked her in, that's when he got comfortable. That's and was like, you come "Now out. the demon, yeah. now demon me can come mm-hmm. out." Again, that's all based off of Jennifer Lopez's yeah, enough. That's a movie. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I don't know. <laughs> it's not a documentary or anything. I don't know how accurate it is. But I would imagine that uh, I would imagine that that movie, if it came, if they remade that movie in 2019, it would be a trigger warning. I think that that movie, it felt accurate. Mm-hmm. You know, like if the the, the trapped up feeling of the movie, and it's not a great movie. Uh, there's no great Jennifer Lopez movie other than Selena. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it it the trapped feeling of it all felt like that's what a domestic relationship. When when we were on here and we're like, why don't you just just leave him alone? Or why do you keep taking him back? That movie kind of encapsulates that where it's like, well, I don't have any other options. He pays all the bills. Yeah, my child. I want that family. You know that that nuclear family. Uh, whatever the case is, you know, there's always some kind of reason mm-hmm. to why if a if a woman is standing in that situation, it might not be so easy to just leave. And uh, Jennifer, Jennifer Lopez is enough. Yeah sum that up for me pretty good and I don't know how accurate it is but it felt I felt like it made me empathize with the situation more mm-hmm. which is you know I would imagine that was the goal of the movie so I think it did a good job of that I wasn't like this is bullshit yeah. I didn't leave the movie like this is women don't go through this I was like oh my god wow like that was tough yeah. now I don't know about her becoming a judo master in you know three, uh. three months because she beat the shit out of him at the end of that movie anyway um <laughs> Enough, you know, get local Hollywood videos, go rent it, and, you know, enjoy. Um, Hollywood videos. <laughs> throughout the next decade, Callinger would spend time in and out of mental institutions for attempting suicide and committing arson. Mm. After setting his house on fire three times. Damn, his own house? His own house. Okay. So he's on some other shit. Yeah. On January 23rd, 1972, he branded his oldest daughter for running away. He was promptly arrested. Isn't it what they do to like cows? Like cattle. Yeah, yeah. Like a, a hot iron with an emblem on. I don't know if it was some kind of emblem, but he might have just put some some hot metal to her. Mm-hmm. Like like an iron. Like was did like was done to him. Hurt people hurt people. No excuses here. I'm just saying. What's well, kinda all he knows though? Yeah, exactly. It's like that's how you parent, right? Yeah. You beat the shit out of your kids, you lock them in closets and you burn them with irons. That's like that's parenting one on one. Yeah. That's what that Dr. Spock book is about, right? That's in his mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um so you branded her. While in jail, he had he scored an 82 on an IQ test and was diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia. Mm. And states and a state state psychiatrists recommended that he be supervised with his family. So they were like, I mean, don't let this dude be alone with anybody. Yeah. Um, the children later recanted their allegations. However, I'm sure he didn't strong arm that out of them at all. Uh, beginning in July 1974, Callinger and his 13-year-old son, Michael, went on a crime spree spanning Philadelphia, Baltimore, Maryland, and New Jersey. Mm. 1974 was the culmination of a life of abuse and mental health issues. He was constantly hearing voices from a floating, decapitated head that followed him around. What? God also spoke to him and told him to kill young boys and sever their penises. Eager to comply... So he... He what, he took advice from a what? A floating decapitated head that he saw. 
What is that movie? Uh, I think this might have been like a spoof movie. What is that movie with the guys? Like a it's like a group of friends and uh-huh. they're creepy and then like when one of the guys creepy, he has a, like a plastic bag following. Is that a scary movie? Uh, pl- yeah, that was making fun. Of- <laughs> that was making that was scary movie and that was scary movie. No, that was not another teen movie. Oh, okay. And that was making fun of. It was that movie about a plastic bag uh, was like a like a, a romantic drama. That's and they're making fun of it and not yeah. another teen movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But it wasn't a pe- it was a head. <laughs> it wasn't a plastic he bag. He's taking advice from a, from a head. But wow. he it was you know his schizophrenia. Um, but do they actually see it though? I wonder how that works. I just want to know if you get there. You can see. In- there's actually a show that I'm going to recommend at the end of the. Okay. Uh, I'm going to make a recommendation that kind of touches on it a little bit, and I'm going to tell you about it okay. when I recommend it at the end. Cool. Uh, uh, Joe enlisted his 13 year old son Michael. And proceeded to torture and murder a nine-year-old Puerto Rican child named Jose Calazo. Hmm. Their next victim was one of his own children, what? Joe Jr., who had previously accused him of abuse. So uh, Joe Jr. was from, from his first marriage. Okay. Um, he had previously accused him of abuse. For such a transgression, the hapless youngster was found drowned in an abandoned building. Wow. And again, he's got his son helping him. He's got a 13 year old son, Michael, who's like his his, so his partner. Brother. So his, his brother. brother, yes. He helped kill his That's brother. Yeah, very mm-hmm. fucked up. On January 8th, 1975, Callinger and Mike gained entrance to a house in Leonia, New Jersey, by posing as salesmen. Mm. I'm going to say this. I don't know if I've said this before because me and Sierra have, well, first of all, never let a salesman in your home. Even if there actually are salesmen, everything that they're saying to you is a lie, mm-hmm. and they're going to take up three hours of your time. Yeah. We had a person come here saying... Um, the vacuum people. The vacuum people. They yeah. were here for hours, man. And then everything, they, what they said was, we'll vacuum a room in your house for free. Mm-hmm. All we have to do is just, you know, let us give you a little pitch and whatever. We're not going to try to sell you it, whatever. They're lying. They're always that lying. If they sense. ever say they're not going to try to sell it to you, they're lying. So they come in, break this whole Ella, this whole vacuum, $2,000 vacuum down, all these parts and everything. They come in, and it took them two hours to even get to the point where they vacuumed the one room, the pod loft. And even within that, they're still like, so um, can we get you to buy one today? You think we can lock you in? Hey, so listen, we do a credit program, and you can pay half of it today, and da 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 Okay, one last time. Let me tell you. Okay, you do this, da 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 It was the whole time we're like, no, nah, man, we're not going to buy the vacuum. And it... We wouldn't let up, and they were here for almost four hours. Wow! So at the very worst, at the very lightest of this, a salesman's gonna take up your whole day trying to sell you some bullshit. At the very worst of this, it could be a person pretending to be a salesman, yeah. and now they're in your home. And yeah, you let them in your house. That could have been like you a, keep them on the porch, man. That could have been like an assault rifle or something. Yeah, because they kind of <laughs> my my uh, stuff that I'm selling you is in this big black duffel bag that I carry around with me. Let me just untake and boom, yeah. you know. And then I'm gonna go upstairs and set it up. Yeah, you know. So stay down here, and I'll come right. And now you now they're in your home with a weapon, you know. So um, yeah. So they posed as salesmen to you know to a, a white father and son, you know, in the '70s. Like, hello, we're just a, you know, I, yeah. I'd fall for that probably in the '70s. I'm not falling for it now because it's 2019 and we know how crazy the world is. Mm-hmm. But 1975, nice little white father and son couple. Hey, I'm teaching my son the ropes. You're like, okay, cool, come in. Um, so uh, for the next several hours after entering the home, they beat, robbed, and terrorized the eight people inside. Wow. One of the eight, a 21-year-old nurse named Maria Fashing, who had stopped at the house to aid an elderly neighbor and friend, was taken into the basement, tied up, sexually assaulted, and killed. Were they all women? 
No, it was oh, like okay. it was like a mix of people. It was a family. But then this woman that got killed was just stopping by to help. There was an wow. old, elderly person there, and she was coming to give some assistance to them. Mm-hmm. <coughs> it's always that wrong place, wrong yeah. time. Those are always the worst. It's all terrible. But you know, when you're not supposed to, she didn't live there. Right. You could have just gone. Oh, I'll call tomorrow. If that one little decision, you know, it, did crazy. she have a key or something? They didn't say. It was the seventies, man. Everybody probably had the door unlocked, but she came in. She didn't. She didn't come in. Um, I don't think she came in like mid mm-hmm. thing. I think she was already there, oh, and gotcha. then they came. Then they came. They, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so police began investigating Callinger after gathering physical evidence, which was a bloody stained shirt and eyewitness testimony that he and his son had been seen in the area, probably trying to get into other homes. Yeah. You know, um, they soon found out about Callinger's history of domestic violence, Joseph Jr.'s unsolved death, and a series of arsons targeted against buildings he owned. Which he did. <laughs> that's crazy. Uh, Callinger and... That's a long rap sheet. Yeah, but I mean, like... Your son's death is unsolved? like, And he owns the fucking properties that he's trying to sell on fire? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe attention? He just don't even Insurance. Care. He also... He also... I didn't mention... He took insurance out on his son, Joseph Jr., before he killed him. Wow. So he might have burned down his buildings to get insurance on those two. I don't know. Um, Callinger and his son were arrested on kidnapping and rape charges and eventually charged with three counts of murder in New Jersey, in New Jersey state courts. Callinger pleaded insanity, claiming God had told him to kill. He was found sane, however, and sentenced to life in prison on October 14, 1976. Mm. Michael Callinger, meanwhile, was judged to be under his father's control. He was sentenced to a reformery, a, a reformatory upon his release. Mm-hmm. Upon his release, upon his release at 21, he moved out of the state and changed his name. Now I don't know what happened with um, uh, John Lee Malvo and the the DC, DC sniper, sniper. Yeah. Because this was the same type of situation, yeah. but it wasn't his dad. But I don't know if that kid is still in jail. Mm-hmm. I haven't followed up on that mm-hmm. story as of recently, but it's crazy to me that that this dude is like out, and you're like, well, your dad made you do it, so. You're not culpable. Mm-hmm. And that kid, I would say that could be the same argument. Where he he's could, at. Yeah, I mean, if he's still in prison, that's insane. But there's all kind of, I'm not going to get into the conspiracies behind that. They think I'm that talking was, about the son. He's in prison too? Oh, the son of yeah, Michael? I'm, no, Michael's out. That's what I'm saying. I want to yeah, know Michael's out. He moved to another state and they changed his name. He changed his name, of course they he believe. Did. Yeah, of course. But I was saying that the kid with the DC sniper, right. I don't. he might still be in prison. But there's some whispers that that was some MK Ultra shit, and he was under mind control, and they can't let him out because he knows some shit. But okay, that's all speculation. I don't know anything about any of those kinds mm-hmm. of things. That's just stuff. I damn sure though. You just told me. So, uh, so while in prison, Callinger made several suicide attempts, including attempting to set himself on fire. So this dude is a pyromaniac. Yeah, I don't even know how you get fire in prison. Well, no, I lied. They get all kind of shit in there. It's, they got cell phones now? I got a dude. I don't even know who if he's my friend, but I, he somehow I follow him on Instagram. And he Instagram stories from prison. Yeah. I said Maybe, they and they're having a good time. Yeah. Dancing and shit. Why are you, why are you, why I don't, you have him? Well, you know, you go through the stories at the top, and it, it, it'll just land on him and get real grainy. But why are you having him as a friend? I don't know. You still have him as a friend? Yeah, because I'm like, how's he in prison taking Instagram videos? So it's... It's almost like a fascination at this point. I'm like, <laughs> I go watch them. They're like, they're in there having a good time. Yeah, party. What do y'all got? Uh, tank tops on or whatnot? Yeah, you're like, <laughs> listening to Chief Keith. Just having a great time, man. I don't know. It's, it's I don't like a, it looks fun. I don't want to join in on the fun, but I'm glad to see that they're, you know, taking this dark time in their life and, you know, finding the bright spots in it. You know, you got to take lemons, make lemonade. No, oh, they should be. <laughs> they, should be to, <laughs> they should be trying to reform. Learn a lesson. 
Why me? <laughs> Touche. <laughs> they shouldn't be doing any of those things. They <laughs> should be having a good time. They need to be learning their lesson. Okay. Well, my bad. <laughs> All right, so yeah, so um, he he tried to set himself on si- on fire, um, and other suicide attempts. And in March 1978, he slashed another convict's throat in an unprovoked attack. Mm. But his victim managed to survive because of his suicidal and violent behavior. Callinger was transferred to a mental um, hospital in Trenton, New Jersey. He was he was transferred to a mental hospital in Philadelphia on May 18, 1979. Mm. Uh, ten years later, in televised interviews, Callinger expressed his continuing desire to slaughter every person on Earth. Wow. After which, he co- he hoped to commit suicide and become God. Mm, I'm guessing he's dead now. Yes. On March 26, 1996, the, um, the cobbler-turned-killer who terrorized New Jersey suburbs two decades ago died of a seizure. Okay. So kind of anticlimactic. Yeah. Uh, he was born in the 30s. I thought he was going like, to die from like fire or something. My little fire. No, I don't even. It was crazy. It's like if he had a seizure, that wasn't even. He didn't even commit suicide, so he didn't even. He just died. That was God being like, not today. Yeah, because it wasn't by his hand, which he had tried to do and failed. Mm. Um, so ninety six, I think he was born in like thirty four, something like that. He was around sixty, like yeah. sixty years old, something like that. And uh, yeah, that was uh, Joseph the Shoemaker Callinger. Hmm. I think that's crazy. Um, obviously, you know, you got a kid coming up; he's gonna be a boy. Mm-hmm. Um, I would assume. You know, you wouldn't try to teach instill these kind of values in your child. Though. What do you mean? Well, like Joseph Callinger, he's taking his kid and, you know, going on sprees. And oh, kind of, of course not. Yeah. Um, um, so what would you say to any um, uh, fathers-to-be um, who are expecting a, 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 a son? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you know, we can say equality and all that kind of stuff all you want. Raising a man is different. Mm-hmm. And what are some things that have been instilled in you in your life? That you think are important when you're raising a young gentleman? Um, yeah, it's easy. Nothing is giving. Nothing is free. Mm, mm, My I dad like that. taught me that super early. I like that. Nothing is. You gotta work for everything you want. Absolutely, I like that. I like that. That's great value. That's 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 a big one. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah. Nothing is given. You gotta work hard for every, anything you want. Yeah, and and nothing is given to you. That's nah. very true. Ain't nothing free. Nothing is free. <laughs> you say what you want. Nothing, Ain't nothing, nothing free. Is free. You know these credit. And that's how the credit card companies get the mm-hmm. young kids. Cause it's like they're giving me five thousand dollars. Like no, no, that's gonna turn into seven thousand dollars because you, of the interest on the card. Yeah. So and then you're gonna be in severe debt. You're yeah. not gonna be able to do anything. Just like when you win a car on a uh, game show. You still gotta pay taxes on that. Do you? Yes. You know that's they don't just. Oh wow! <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> That's news to me. I remember when somebody told me that on Pimp My Ride, when they did uh, Pimp My Ride, they they would give those people a, 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 um, a receipt. Like, I mean, like a, a bill at the end of all that. Like, I didn't even want any right. of this shit in my... <laughs> I didn't you, know that. You could have just painted my car. I don't need any of the shit in here that you put in a fish tank. I don't want to take care of fish. So if you gave me a bill... I don't need a hair dryer in my yeah, back seat. Why is there a salon and, uh, with a swivel chair back here? I'm not giving people haircuts in my, my van. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't want, I wouldn't uh, even want to go and pit my ride once I yeah. found that out. Cause I used to watch that show and be like, oh shit, they put a 50 inch in the back. But yeah. if it's, you're paying for it, I'm like, yeah. put it in my house. Yeah. Pit my house. <laughs> I don't need my car pimp. Pit my house. Um, uh, the recommendation before we, before we head out. Uh, Cause that was my story. It's over. Um, there's this new show on Amazon prime. I cannot smoke weed because of my job. And I love weed. I think it's great. I think mm-hmm. it, I think it's a great way to relax. It's yep. a pain reliever, and all these. It's got so many wonderful properties. Yep. 
And also, it's just fun to just trip out and watch cool shit on TV. There hasn't been a show in a while that's made me want to wa- smoke weed while I watched it. Mm-hmm. The last thing that did that, I was able to smoke because I was injured from my Achilles. And that was uh, um, the Spider-Man movie. Beautiful. Oh, my God. <laughs> just cut all the lights off. Just got fucking blowed down. Uh-huh. Watched that fucking <laughs> Spider-Man uh, cartoon. Uh-huh. And this show is called Undone. Okay. And it's about this woman who's kind of just kind of coasting through life. She's kind of like, I don't know. She's very, like, a nihilist. Like, I don't know, what's the point of life? Like, what, do I want to get married and have kids? And, yeah. Uh, that's all boring. Like, we're all just going to die one day. And she gets into a car accident, and she, it, it has this science, it has this sci-fi element to it, but at the core of it, I think it is an exploration into the psyche of a person with schizophrenia. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's all done, it's like acting, but, like, they put a filter on it. So it looks like a cartoon, but it's not a cartoon because you can tell this really, you can tell the person's really moving and stuff. Uh-huh. But they have like a like a cartoon uh, filter mm-hmm. over the whole show, okay. so it's really trippy to look at. And the basis of the show is kind of like she she has schizophrenia, quote unquote, but really it's a gift, and she can use it to travel in time and all these kind of things. It's almost like, did you ever see the butterfly effect? Yeah, I see. With seen Ashton Kutcher. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's kind of like the butterfly effect, and. I don't know. I've only seen the first like two or three episodes, but I I feel like I know where it's going, mm-hmm. and it kind of has this butterfly effect vibe mixed with something else that I can't think of right now. But it's a super trippy show. But the woman in the show is like, uh, her her grandmother had schizophrenia, mm-hmm. so they're almost kind of saying like, when you're seeing her have these trippy moments and she's seeing the ghosts of her dad, all this mm-hmm. kind of stuff. It almost is like. Is this show a sci-fi show, or does this woman just have schizophrenia? Yeah, I haven't figured it out yet because they haven't outright said it's a magical show. Hmm. It might just be a show about a woman with schizophrenia, and the way they're framing it is like you aren't sick. Mm-hmm. You know, they were the guy. There's a great line in it. The guy, the guy who the guy who plays her dad is the is Saul mm-hmm. from um, Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. Yeah, um, he goes. You know, a thousand years ago, people who had visions and saw things, they were shamans. Like, mm-hmm. they, people would go to them for answers and yeah. they, they saw the future and stuff. But now, you're sick and they give you medicine and all this kind of stuff. So, you have a gift and I just need to nurture the gift or it'll drive you crazy. Mm-hmm. So, I when I heard that, I'm tripping on the couch like, damn, I wish I could just smoke a joint right now and just mm-hmm. trip out. Because I'm like, what if these people on the streets that are seeing these things, they aren't being nurtured? And so these visions that they're having just aren't being cared for and they yeah. aren't pointing in the right direction. It's not being used. So it's just, just clouding their mind. And now they're like, oh, look, the, there's birds on my shoulder mm-hmm. because they're seeing things differently that we can't see, but they don't know how to aim it. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what the show posits, you know, as the premise of the show. Okay. It's called Undone. It's on Amazon Prime. I really like I really um, like the first couple episodes, but if I could smoke, I'd love it a million times more. Mm-hmm. So anybody out there who's into the greenery, um, I highly recommend Undone. Great show. With or without weed, but it definitely is heightened with a little weed in your system. Brian, you got any recommendations? You listening to, you know, that new DaBaby or, you know, uh, I don't know, nah. Claro or something? Some, you know, uh, no? Nah. I know they got another episode, another season of Carrier coming out. I haven't. Yeah, like, oh, yeah? Review, I haven't even, get, I even finished that yet. I haven't. I, I have to Did it end, like, on a cliffhanger? No. I think it's going to be another. Oh, uh, a different thing. A different thing. Uh, Okay, cool. Yeah. All right, okay, into that. Okay, well, other yeah. than that, I don't like Okay, well, cool. Well, I just wanted, you know, people haven't heard from you. It's been like two weeks. Yeah, man. So you have two weeks. to get you, any, any stories that you want to tell people before we head out? Or anything, hmm, any, any, anything interesting happened um, in this gap? Nah. Nah, nah. No? Nah. Baby situation. What's the date? Seminary. 
December 9th. Okay, yep. cool. So baby, baby shower? You want... Uh, Yeah, it's coming up. Okay, cool. I'll let you know. Okay, cool. Thank you. But um, other than that, we're excited. We've got some stuff. Having a boy is going to be different, so it's yeah. going to be... Uh, you can't. You, you got to just get all new shit. You can't even use the shit that you had. No, that's the difficulty in having a different sex baby, huh? Yeah. You know. Well, the clothes that we had for Sophia, we gave them away anyway. Oh, so. kind heart. Yeah, I respect it. But um, I get to. I get to. I get to be. I get to be in charge of buying clothes for him. So it's different. <sighs> girls, Nike I can't. Text. Girls, yeah, just like, I don't know if something with a panda on it. Yeah, I don't know. It the Nike. He's gonna be Nike tech suited down. Yeah. Okay, I'll make sure I get him a little baby Nike tech. Yeah, it's Nike gonna be a lot of suit. matching outfits. <laughs> <laughs> we already had a discussion about this, man. You said you were going to do maybe a couple, but I feel like you you tried to undersell it, yeah. and it's going to be mostly that. I think so. Yeah, baby shell, I think it's baby shell like, toes on. I think it's going to be mostly shoes, though. <laughs> Which is a terrible got, idea. Got the baby semen grade, <laughs> semen grade threes on. Same. Hundred dollar baby shoes. I don't have that kind of money. That's that's not going to happen. Um, uh, like once again, let me say before we head out. Um, thank you to everybody who's um, submitted audio files and emails for the hundredth episode. Um, this is episode ninety eight, I believe. Mm. So it will be in the next couple of weeks that we'll be doing. So we the got one more before the the big hundredth episode. Big, okay. So if you want to get into your submissions, you want to send us in a little audio clip. You want to send us in an email, you know, saying your favorite moment, so I can pull them. Because what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna pull all the. So all the emails I've gotten, I'm gonna pull. I'm gonna find the moment they're talking about. Okay. I'm gonna send. It's the, a lot of work. Yeah, well, you know, this this is our people, man. It's affirmative nation, okay. affirmative nation, and um, affirmative nation. I'm sorry, and you know, I gotta give the people they 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 looked out for us. They listen. They they mm-hmm. they, they um contribute on our Facebook posts. They show us love. They send us stuff. Um, yeah. I you know I gotta put in the work. It's a hundred episodes. This it's gonna be a good one. We put in a lot of work, man. hundred yeah. episodes is a lot. You know how many podcasts? You know, cause you when you become a podcast, you're in the podcast community. Yeah. You know how many podcasts just like stop? Yeah. More than none. You know, more more so than keep going. Hmm. More so just like, I don't know, not getting a lot of traction. So, right. all right, we did. We made 16 and we're just done now. Yeah. We kept it going, man. We made it to 100. That's a big deal. Yeah. You know, we don't get paid to do this. We do this all as our love and our mm-hmm. hobby that we like to do. So, um, yeah, man, we got to put in that work. So, I'm so gonna, do, should we get like party hats and like a... Yeah, I'm going to get one of those What's the little kazoo? thing that goes... Yeah, yeah. yeah. kazoo, that's what it's yeah. called. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's a kazoo. <laughs> But uh, a kazoo <laughs> is a thing, but that yeah, is like it ain't par- that. it's like a party kazoo. Yeah. Um. Yeah. We can get some of those, some hats. Oh yeah, it's gonna be a celebration, <laughs> man. I might get a cake. And uh, so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna pull all the moments. I'm gonna send them to you like a list of okay. them. Okay. So you can just kind of go and look, o- listen over the episode, so you become re familiar with Got it. You. So that we can come in and kind of just touch on it real quick. Okay. You know the Michelle Blair story, or mm-hmm. you know uh, uh Marty, uh you know uh what uh the uh, the guy Graham. with multiple yeah Marty Gra- Harrison mm-hmm. Harrison Graham, Graham. you know yeah. all, just go over them and we can bring them up and have fresh memory of them. Yeah. So that's the goal for the 100th episode. And, you know, keep them coming, the audio submissions, the emails with, you know, you know, nice paragraphs of, you know, your favorite moments. And we will definitely read them and play them, the audio versions and all that kind of things. And we appreciate everybody that listens. And we appreciate you guys sticking with us. And just thank you very much. Uh, that's 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 all I got for this week. Uh, I've been Alvin Williams. Joined as always. Well, joined again. Yeah. And, you know, by yeah, my I'm partner. Back. Ho- hopefully, I'm back. Hopefully um, you guys hear this one and I don't end this Please. and delete it all. And, uh, you know, so I've been Alvin Williams, joined again by my partner in True Crime, Franco Evans. And we'll see you guys next week. Deuces.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. 